Before we continue with today's episode, I thought I would throw out a disclaimer. You guys know how the podcast works. You know the structure of these episodes. The guest comes on, they tell their story, they share their views, their values, and their beliefs. And I wanted to try and make it clearer for you today, and just to say that I myself may not necessarily believe and agree with the views and values and beliefs that have been told by my guests on previous episodes. It has come to my attention that there are certain subjects, dividing subjects, and sensitive topics that have been spoken about on the Monster Rabbit podcast. And I just wanted to throw out there that I myself may not necessarily agree with everything that my podcast guest has said. And I'm talking not just the previous or the present or and the future. I'm talking about all guests that come on the show. I wanted to make it clear that whenever someone talks about something that is a dividing subject or a a subject that is touchy and sensitive, I wanted to make it clear that I myself may not necessarily agree with what they are saying. I hope that clears things up and moving forward, I will try my hardest to, rather than sit back and let people talk, I will try my hardest to challenge and question uh, my guests when they come on and talk about something that is sensitive. So going forward, I hope that clears things up and on with today's show. Enjoy. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Welcome back to the Monster Rabbit Podcast, the show dedicated to discussing all things Volkswagen Mark 1s. How are you? Are you well? Have you had a good week? Have you got a beverage? Are you ready for today's episode? My special guest on today's show is Noah, all the way from North Carolina, originally from Pennsylvania, but currently dwelling in the NC in the United States of America. We're going to touch on his pickup trucks, his rabbit pickup trucks. We're going to talk about the Jetta. We're talking about madness. We're talking about other car shows. We're talking about working within a Volkswagen dealership, what that's like. We're going to talk about social media, the ups, the downs, the people, the bullies. The It's all packed within today's episode. If you are a Volkswagen Mark I enthusiast, you're really going to enjoy today's show. I think you can relate to it a whole bunch. Now, before we continue, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast by hitting the plus button or the follow button. And if you want to support the show, you can go to themonsterrabbit.com and get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie and support what I'm doing here. Now, enjoy the show and I'll see you at the end. How are you, buddy? Good, how about you? I am blessed to be alive. Absolutely <laughs> blessed. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize ahead of time. My dogs like to bark a lot, so uh sorry about that. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um well, dude, uh welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. This will definitely be interesting for me. <laughs> have you ever been on a podcast before? I have not. Wow, so we are stealing your podcast virginity right now. <laughs> that, uh, that's one way to look at it. 
Noah, thank you so much for taking the time out today and uh, and being on the show. Are you comfortable? Have you got a beverage? Are you ready to talk and tell your story? Uh, I do not have a beverage, but yeah, I'm ready to tell some stories and uh, see what kind of topics we can come up here today. Absolutely, man. Take a take a load off and just take a deep breath with me and let's dive into the world of Volkswagens. <laughs> now, you're, um, let's, okay, so your username on Instagram is Mark1Bow, right? Correct. What What's the deal with the bow? Uh, it was a nickname that I refused to accept all my younger years, and then I just used it as a username because I couldn't think of anything creative, to be honest. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> Is it short for anything in particular? Uh, no, it makes no sense at all with my name being Noah and then my nickname being Bo. Um, <laughs> it never made sense to me. Because <laughs> so. I can imagine if your name was like Robert or something, like some some people call Rob or uh, something like that. They often have the na- nickname Bo. Or, and Bo is normally spelt like really weird, like B-E-A-U or something. But uh... And that's what my last username was, actually. It was spelt that way. Um, really? I actually, yeah, I quit off social media for a couple of years because I was tired of it. And uh, my last username was B-E-A-U um, with the usage of Bo for my nickname. Wow. You came off of social media? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is so weird because today... I was seriously considering just jacking, not jacking everything that I'm doing in, but just seriously just like getting rid of social media just for like a month or so and just see how different my life. Have you ever thought about that? Like, have you ever done sort of like that impulse thing with social media? It's just something that I was thinking about today. Uh, Yeah, I mean, mine was completely impulsive. I didn't uh, get rid of Facebook. I got rid of uh instagram and i don't think i had anything else at the time but i still have yet to join facebook and it was just a couple of years ago that i got back on instagram because a couple of friends were pushing me so that they could tag me in stupid things mm. um but i think it was great I, I you don't get wrapped up in a bunch of crap that you don't really want to look at yeah. and uh it's just it, it was a nice breather <laughs> yeah that's why i'm super I'm in super one way with like my Instagram and that's why I keep it focused on like cars, dirt bikes and cooking. Um, so I don't get all the flooded stuff that I don't care to really see. Mm. So It can be so distracting, can it? Especially if you're on the, t- like my time on the toilet is like doubled. If I've got a phone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If I've got my phone, in, I spend ages and ages on the phone just because it's distracting. It's the same with like, if I've got a to-do list, and it'll, all of a sudden my phone pings and then I just, I'm pre-programmed to just click on Instagram and just check, even though I've just checked it. Do you know what I mean? I think we're, I mean, it, this whole social media topic is a huge, like, podcast episode on its own. But I, I just thought that was <laughs> yes. very interesting that you you uh, gave it up for a while. And it's, it's really weird. I only mentioned it because I was thinking about it today, like, like I've I've said about it before on the podcast how like if I didn't have Instagram like I wouldn't be able to make the connections that I've made with people like yourself you know and and many many other people within the Mark One community so for me it's like I kind of need it right now so I can stay in contact and obviously run the podcast and 
talk to the community but trust me i'd love to come away from it sometimes <laughs> yeah i mean i get it and for you it would be uh much more difficult to step away um because mm. that's your that's your your branch to talk to all of us um yeah. but if you just use it as that aspect rather than a distraction like everyone else or if you sit down the first thing you do is grab your phone and start flipping through shit um if you start putting your phone somewhere else and focus on everything else going around that's what i had to do because my phone you know i still had an iphone at the time and i was like well I'm not, I'm only using this to text people. So, <laughs> cause I had nothing to flip through, you know what I mean? With no social media, you don't have the distraction. You don't have the constant need or want to, you know, play with your phone. Yeah. So and if you focus it on just the podcast and Mark one stuff, I think you'll find yourself probably not picking it up as much. Yeah. Honestly, it's, I, I, you can set like timers for your apps to like, shut down i think i don't know maybe i'm talking shit i don't know but i swear <laughs> i've seen like you can actually put timers on your apps and it doesn't let you open it but anyway we're going we're going off topic yeah but... we're, we're completely off <laughs> <laughs> one thing i will say about social media i was having a chat with derek uh i think it was yesterday you know derek from vw Caddygram on instagram yep. Yep. and he he won't mind me saying this because he's been on the sh- he was on the show very early on and he said the same thing but we were talking it was very interesting we had a chat about followers and instagram and likes and all that and people getting so wrapped up in it and i'm not going to mention any names but he's he's had multiple people you know message him and say yeah can you post my truck on your page like like people are physical like people are really going out of their way to like and sometimes it can be really rude as well. And it, we were just chatting about it and we just had a laugh about it. And it's just so funny how people really do really, really care about getting likes and follows. I'd love to know your thoughts on on that before we sort of switch it up. But, you know, Man, I'll tell you what, for, for a while, I thought that that was the base and what the Instagram platform was built for. Um, built for attention, built for likes, built for the following and like that kind of stuff. And at first I was like, yeah, that's what we need to do. And then I was like, that's not that. No. Um, and that's why when I dumped my old account, I didn't even use that one. I started a new one and then just kept it to my car and my simple likings. And, mm-hmm. uh, for a while I refused to do like hashtags and that kind of stuff. Cause that brought more attention or it puts, you know, puts your car out there to be seen more if somebody clicks that hashtag. So I guess I came at it the second time the complete opposite way. Now I would always just post photos of my cars, but if you realize they're in the same four spots, every photo. Um, so I'm not going out of my way to take photos or do that kind of stuff. I was mm. just posting because that's the stuff that I like and enjoy. Mm. Um, but I, I do see that often that people just want the attention, the following. They want the big uh, internet numbers for their ego. Right. Um, at the end at the end of the day, what does that actually do? Like somebody posted your car, like that's that's cool, but what did it actually do for you? <laughs> I know. That is the thing, isn't it? You sort of almost want to say to these people like, why? Like there's I've I'm again not mentioning any names, but I have <laughs> I have actually like at the very early beginning of this podcast, you know, I think it was last year or early this year, and I was going out and sort of um, messaging a lot of people, not necessarily people with, you know, 
big followings, like thousands of followers. I was messaging basically anybody that was that I had got talking to about these. And then there would be some people that I would almost cold call, but like just message them and say, hey, look, I see you've got a pretty cool truck. Would you like to come on and tell your story, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and people would just straight up just be like, nah, I'm not interested. I don't want to know. Was, <laughs> they were really like rude and shut. Again, not not going to mention any names. Um, yeah. But like the responses, I, I've never really spoken about this on the podcast, but like the responses I would get would be people asking, how many subscribers do you have on your podcast? Like they wanted to really? know. They wanted to know the audience, like the amount of people listening first, before even asking who I was, what the podcast was about. They would. They <clears throat> wanted to know like numbers first, which was really strange, considering that my opening thing was, you know, I'm just starting a podcast about Volkswagen Mark Ones. Would you like to come on as my guest and have a platform and tell your story? And they. Like I said, man, they were just more interested in knowing the, you know, the specifics like, oh, who's your audience? What, you know, do um, any companies follow? You know, they just really wanted to know the numbers. And I was like, what? And then eventually I was just like, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to go with someone else. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And, you know, like I said, um, Derek and I were chatting about, just really rude people messaging him and it's just unheard of man and it's really upsetting to know that there are people like that are in this community i say they're in the community but they don't really do anything for it do you know what i mean yeah uh, and they don't earn their stripes or earn their place if you will and it's just you can tell their instagram is just all about making sure it looks pretty like making sure that all they do is just upload a photo with an emoji as the caption or something weird. And, and just that's all they care about is the likes. And I was even, again, before the topic, just to say, because I thought this was insane, that some people were, <clears throat> I, I spoke to this one guy and I said, oh, I saw you posted a picture up the earlier, I think it was yesterday. I saw a picture you posted up. And um, you've taken it down. It was a really cool picture. I wanted to show my friend. And they were like, oh, yeah, only got like 1,200 likes. So I took it down. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) It only got, (laughs) what the fuck? People are taking photos down if it doesn't get enough likes. And I just thought, that's insane. You can't live like that, surely. But. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually going to ask you that as well, if we backtrack a couple minutes, um, if yeah. you ever had a denial for someone wanting to come on your podcast, because it seems like the people you select is, you know, obviously a very good crew of people that you have put on here. But I was curious about how you presented that and if you ever did get shut down and what the mm-hmm. result of that was and why. And it's funny to hear that it's basically just because of your following, how many people listen to your show, and they were just concerned about their name getting out there. Like, that's insane. Mm. Well, I can tell you, and, you know, this the the person that I'm about to mention isn't someone from the anything I've just spoken about. So this person, uh, I don't know his actual name, but you probably know who it is, and the people listening to this probably know who it is. It's the guy with the sort of Red Bull... 
decals on his white. I think he's from the Netherlands, and his Instagram name is like WRC uh, uh, Caddy something. I don't know. It's really long, but he's <laughs> he's got a bunch of followers. I'm not sure if his English is a hundred percent, but he's someone who declined very huh. early on because he was one of the only like he was one of the well-known people, shall we say, when I first started this. Yeah, who had like a, a different uh, truck, if you will, um, that sort of stood out. It was you know Red Bull graphics all over a truck, something you don't really see every day. And so yeah. I was like, oh, I bet this guy's got a really fun story to tell because it's a bit of like a race car with all the um what do you call it inside it's it's just stripped there's like it's just built like a race car and um i thought he'd be a really interesting character to have on the show and tell a story but he just declined he just i just wasn't for him <laughs> and so <laughs> you know it's, it's strange but yeah there are some people there's there's been there's been a few people, about four or five people that have declined to come on the show that are in that category of like, well, if you haven't got over 500 subscribers of your podcast, I'm not coming on. Those type of people. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like you said, we've had some, we've had some great people on the show, like great bunch of guys, uh, some well-known, some not. But everybody brings something to the table nonetheless. And that is... That's great. I love I love talking to people, whether they're well known or not. I just think it's it's important that we just get everybody's story out. I think I think it's important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's funny to listen to all the stories too, because uh, somehow we all almost go through the same sort of steps, the same sort of weird stories and interactions with people, just simply based on these silly cars that we drive. Mm, absolutely, my friend. Now let's turn this podcast back around to you. So <laughs> where first of all, where are you calling from today? What state are you in? Uh North Carolina. I live uh in Raleigh. It's kinda in the middle, but more towards the eastern side where uh Poplin is towards the western side. So we're probably about two and a half hours from him. Oh, okay, yeah. If Excellent. not further. Excellent, man. And I should say as well, anybody listening, if you've got time. Um, I'm going to leave Noah's Instagram handle in the show notes below. So make sure you give him a follow, send him some love. That'll be great. And anything we do. <laughs> I appreciate mention, it. No, no worries. Anything we do um, mention on the show, we can uh, leave in the show notes below any links and stuff. Um, and you must know how the podcast works. You must know the structure, Noah. So you must know like the typical questions that we ask here. Um, but the main thing is, of course, is, getting your story out so i want to know like first of all you have a late westie correct yes is that it i you know i don't want to um get anything wrong but is that the only vehicle that you have or do you have other volkswagens uh no so i have uh the two trucks uh 281 uh diesel pickups i have the the one that i call the junk truck because i bought it super cheap that's the one that i post most of the time recently um and then I got that Mojave beige one due to one of your YouTube videos. And then I have my uh, 84 GLI as well. Oh, wait, that's right. So can we can we just touch on that? Because I thought that was insane when you messaged me and said, hey, look at look at this. Can you just tell that story of how you came about that? Is it the beige truck? Mojave yes. beige? 
Yeah, so that was one of the the another yet yet alone you know a weird Mark One interaction. Um, mm. I had a coworker that loves them. I've always owned them, and he finally bought that truck. Um, did some suspension work, did a couple little things to it, and he was stoked with it. And uh, we're going to do a ABA swap on it, and it's just been sitting for a while. He hasn't had the money or the time to collect parts, and uh, never gave me the okay to start working on it. So I started listening to your podcast, and then uh, your one uh, YouTube video I watched was just, uh, it was one of the drone following your truck through um, some back roads talking about how the Mark 1 stuff has, you know, how you like it and the road that it takes and, you know, whatever. Oh, the, so one, the one where it's like uh, the reason why it's called the Monster Rabbit. Yes. And how it's like we're all Frankensteins. Yeah, looking and, after our monsters. Yep. So that is the one that I forwarded to him because that hit me in a spot. Because for a while I was out of, not out of the scene, but I wasn't as driven to work on my cars. I still had them; they were sitting around, but that's all they were doing was sitting around. Mm. So <clears throat> that one hit me in a spot, and I was like, "Oh, I'll forward that to him. Maybe that'll nudge him along to uh, give me the okay to keep going on his truck." Sorry, is this a coworker of yours? Yes. Right, okay. Just so I'm on the right page. Okay, carry on, sorry. Yep. So we worked together, and then he came into work the next day and saw me first thing in the morning, and he was like, so the title's in my car. I was like, wait, what do you mean? He was like, well, after you sent that video, he's like, I haven't had the time and the uh, money to really throw at the truck. I feel that it is better off in your hands, um, so I have the title for you. And That's I was like, amazing. well, uh, uh, <laughs> and I was like, because we, we briefly talked about now to clear the air, the truck was not free. I did have to purchase the truck. Um, very fairly priced for the condition of the truck, what was done to the truck and what came along with the truck, because I pulled the ABA to put in there and that came along with the deal as well. Oh, nice. Um, so I was like, we we're not discussing. And he's like, we briefly discussed what you thought the truck and everything was worth. He's like, so that's the price. And I was like, oh, no, you don't want more. You don't want. And he's like, nope. Wow. And I was like, well, uh, okay. <laughs> wow. So. so he saw you. Okay. So I posted the video of what the monster rabbit means. And then yes. you forwarded it on to him. And he was like, well, what was his sort of like impression? Did he think that? the truck would be better off in your hands? Yeah, I mean, he thoroughly enjoyed your video. He understood and related to everything you said. He just said that he doesn't have the time and that he feels that it is better suited for me to have that truck than himself because he's just going to let it sit and he knows that I'm going to um, continue to play with it and keep it alive and, you know, enjoy it daily, unlike himself. Wow. That's remarkable. And I'm so glad that it was able to go to good hands and it was able to live on. I think that is a, a big part of the podcast. It's, it's like an underlying thing, a pulse <laughs> on this podcast is that we continue to keep these vehicles running. Uh, we continue to hopefully keep them on the road and keep the history alive. I think it's an <clears throat> underlying like pulse. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. And so I just thought, thought I had to share that with you just because of, you know, your enthusiasm and how much you enjoy these trucks and, you know, your podcasts and your YouTube videos. And I was like, this, this needs to be shared to you, whether, you know, you saw it and acknowledged it or you just accepted it for what it was. 
I was oh, like, dude. he's going to enjoy this no matter what. So I yeah. had to had to bring you on board for that. <laughs> it totally made my day. It really made my day. I was so happy for you. And I was like, oh, man, this is like, because, you know, it's doing the YouTube videos and the podcast on such a niche uh, and or niche, depending on where you're from. Doing a podcast based on something so niche, it can be like sometimes it'll be like, oh, you post a video and it gets like hardly any views, no traction, no eyeballs, no, you know, feedback. And then sometimes some things work and you're doing, you know, there's so much time and effort that goes into it. And when you finally get something back from the things that you put in, like I'm talking about for me, filming that video. Uh, filming the voiceover, doing setting up the camera, having my friend drive my truck whilst I sit in the passenger seat and drive the drone and all the time <laughs> and effort that goes into producing like a video like that. And then the outcome is that you get pr- nearly given a truck, but, you know, a very um, easy transaction and you actually come away with it. That, that speaks volumes for me. Like... That 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 video could have just got like one view, and that'd be from you, right? But that that video has made some like it's something has happened from it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's you like, you've created several things that snowball effect, and it seems to be in a very positive manner, and especially mm. in our you know strange Mark One community. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty strange, isn't it? I get messages all the time of how people say, "Oh, yeah, never used to be like this. It used to be very." Uh, more about the community back in the day. Now it's all clicky and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know this. Cause obviously you got to think I'm still sort of like the new kid on the block with, like you say, all this, mo- um, I, I'm so like hyped up all the time and I'm excited about seeing what other people drive and le- learning the history, learning all the color schemes and the interior, the exterior, all the paint colors, all the little trinkets and things, the add-ons. I love it all. And so for someone so fresh like me to come into the community and learn, it is insane to think like, oh, yeah, people say that in the past it used to be like this. Now it's like this. And oh, steer clear of this person. This person's bad, bad news. (laughs) This person's the person you want to speak to for this. And oh, yeah, this guy's cool. You should have him. Like it's it's, like you say, weird. It's a weird community to be in. Um, But I've had nothing but positivity so far. I don't know. Well, I think you're uh, you're relighting a lot of fires too, which is nice because I'm not saying I'm an old head in the game. I've you know I'm only 31. Um, I've owned Mark Ones for 10 plus years, but I haven't been heavily invested like most of these other people have. But wow. I've been through the motions of it, and uh, you're relighting the fire for a lot of us to regain interest because you're bringing back what we are used to, mm. the love of the cars. The attraction of the simple things of it from, you know, the difference of interiors to the history of it to just simply actually loving the cars and driving them rather than it just being a showpiece. Right. Um, And so that's what I really appreciated about your podcast and your view on all this and, you know, your excitement and enthusiasm just towards a base model truck that you're excited to have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So well, I really think that your approach has just brought a bunch of people back in a positive manner. I appreciate the kind words, man. Do you think there <clears> are <throat> many people that are in that sort of same like spot? Like people that have sort of fallen out of love or 
just put things to the wayside and had life get in the way and stuff. Do you think there are more like more people like that? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, uh, ironically enough, supposed to go get a, uh, not myself, my neighbor, uh, supposed to go get another rabbit pickup today. Um, no way. He actually, yeah, he's actually a pretty good friend and he'll come into play in a couple of these stories later on. Um, but he actually sold out all of his Mark one stuff about three to four years ago. I got bins of it. It's actually the, uh, the gentleman that I bought the sport truck from who I sold to, uh, Mark Duguay. So wait a minute, let's, let's go back a touch because I've got to remember some stuff. How say that again. So I am the owner of the sport truck that Mark almost died in that he purchased from me and tried to drive back to his, to Canada. Oh my God, dude, this, I love this. Let, let me just start. I love this because again, the podcast just like, uh, it's everything. It's a weird like, circle, man. It's a it's, weird yeah, circle. <laughs> everything is, everything's connected. We are all connected in a weird spider webby way. Like, and this is just like another, I say it all the time. This is another piece to the puzzle that I'm now learning <laughs> about. So, okay. So yeah, for people that don't know, Mark Duguay from Canada, he, he's got a sport truck. He went down to North Carolina, if I'm correct, and then yep. drove it back, nearly dying. He told the whole story on the podcast. But you are the original owner of that sport truck that he collected, right? Yes, I, I'm the one that he purchased it from. But it's funny because I bought it from a friend and I now live across the street from him. And that is the gentleman that I was speaking of. No way. So you are the guy that works at the, is it a dealership or a garage or something? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I do work for a Volkswagen dealership and I've been there for eight years. But yeah, I'm the one that sent him all the photos and pictures and craziness because of his crazy mindset to uh, come pick up this truck and drive it back. Wow. And he must have, if I remember rightly, he arrived with like a hockey bag of four tires or something. Oh, he sure did. (laughs) (laughs) He sure did. I uh, I love him. I mean, he's a great dude. He ended up coming back down and we took him to a a show in Helen, Georgia. And he is a trip. Um, Such such a good guy. But I mean, I've never met him before, never talked to him besides just a couple messages over Instagram. And he was like, cool, in a couple months, I'm going to come fly and drive your truck home. And I'm like, Where's home? He's like, Canada. And I was like, what, what, whoa, what? <laughs> and I was like, hey, just so you know, everything you're getting into. And I, you know, took videos and tried to be, you know, as upfront as possible because you got a hell of an adventure. You're not just buying a truck and taking it home. Mm. Um, so. Jeez. That's amazing. That's more pieces of the puzzle for me. I, I, this, is, <laughs> this is great. This is really, this is, this is great. So, okay. I don't know what. Which... Go on. So back back to the neighbor. He actually sold out all of his Mark One stuff shortly after selling me that truck. Right. Um, I got bins of parts, accessories, and a bunch of dumb things. He's like, "I'm done. I've been in this for a while. I'm done. Done. No more Volkswagens." And I was like, "Yeah, well, okay, whatever." <laughs> well, it's been a couple of years, and now uh, he's he purchased a Mark Two, and he's going to pick up a I think it's another '81 Rabbit pickup uh, tonight. And then he is trying to purchase another one as well. So we will have four rabbit pickups within, I don't know, 50 yards of each other, two different owners. Wow. 
That's mad. Kind of funny. That's mad. I love it though. So, okay, we're about the same age, uh, which is which is kind of nice. Uh, I'm I'm just a year older than yourself. I want to just go back in time, just a touch. I want to go back to where it all started for you. Like, how did you get? Were you always into Volkswagens growing up? What was it your first vehicle? I want to know little details, man. Uh, so if we go back, I actually started my first vehicle was a Dodge Ram 50, which is a, a small truck, but it was lifted. Uh, I think it was lifted four inches and had like 33s or 34s on it. Um, so I started with a lifted truck and then shortly became interested in Volkswagens. And in the time frame for me, it was the Mark IV generation. Okay. Uh, started off driving a friend's just base model Jetta. It was a 1.8 turbo, and I thought it was the funnest thing. Loved the way they looked, and I was like, okay, now I'm hooked. From there, I purchased my first car, which was a 2001 Jetta. It was a five-speed 1.8T. And uh, I was a Mark IV kid for a while. You know, I still love them, but not as much, I guess. <laughs> um, I actually used to I used to hate the Mark Ones. I thought they were ugly. Hated how square they were, and I was like, "Eh, not really." That's yeah. what I love about a Mark One. I love the fact that it's so fucking boxy. Like I love that, and you hate it. I I did not like them. Mark Ones and Mark Twos. I'll never like a Mark Three. Um, I was strictly stuck on a Mark Four for the longest time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, did did basic stuff: suspension, wheels, all your little bolt-ons. Um, and it was fun. I've always tried to get my cars as low as possible with just coilovers and drag them around and then complain about them being broken. Um, so that one sat pretty low for a while. And uh, then I bought my first truck in high school. I finally got interested in the Mark 1s basically just because of the rabbit pickup. Um, that's what really drew me to it once I started seeing them and people modifying them. I was like, that's actually pretty interesting and normally they're pretty hard to find it doesn't Mm. seem like that with owning two of them and knowing a handful of people with too many of them was Um, there so when when you were looking at the the pickups were there any obviously we're going back into high school times i don't know what social media was like back back then but were there any any in particular people were you in the community were you on vortex looking at other people were you inspired by any other people's trucks or was it just you just saw people that had them? Um, I just saw people that had them. I don't think back in high school I was too influenced by anyone. Mm. Um, besides, actually, my one of my old neighbors. So I grew up in Pennsylvania. I didn't always live in North Carolina. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and one of my old neighbors, some 80-year-old dude, his name was Ed Buckley. He drove a uh, yellow diesel rabbit pickup. And I always saw it, and I loved it. <laughs> and when I when I finally got mine, he stopped over all the time, and it was the funniest thing. But coming out into the uh, like the show world or the the social media world of Mark Ones, that probably didn't happen until like early college eras. So my inspiration was literally just seeing them on shows, or um, my actual desktop was. The mountain green rabbit that you always talk about too no way are you serious <laughs> yes 
I was obsessed wow. with that because I thought it was the coolest thing. It's doing the low rider rat rod thing with the patina, the sparks, the, I thought the stack was the coolest thing. Um, cause I've always had an obsession for larger diesel trucks. I could just never afford them. Um, right. so I thought bringing that to the mini truck world was very entertaining. Mm. So uh, I ben, always ben love that love truck. That. Ben, <laughs> I speak to Ben now more often than not, and he loves the idea of, um, just as quick side rant, uh, side, uh, whatever, but he loves the idea that people like, like really appreciate one of his builds because they are pretty much builds. Like he did so much work to those, the Inca Brown truck and the mountain green one. And he loves the fact that, you know, I used to, you know, masturbate over this profusely <laughs> every single night I would get box of tissues and some, no, I'm joking, but no, honestly, I really, and I still do. I love that, that mountain green truck of his. And it's funny because obviously Mark Duguay, he saw the Inca Brown truck and the mountain green truck as well. And that's what inspired him. And it's the same thing that happened to me. And, 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 he, and now you're telling me that you had, <laughs> had that truck as your desktop uh, wallpaper on, that's similar route to me, you know, and yeah. little side note. I don't know if you saw the live stream I did the other day, but Ben sent me one of his like V dub shop t-shirts and he sent me the, uh, the owner's manual for that exact mountain green truck, the truck. Oh, that's that, awesome. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I, I honestly like pick, I, I use that mountain green truck as inspiration for the past 10, 11 years. And now I, from Ben, kindly sent it to me. I now own the owner's manual for that exact truck that I've idolized. Isn't that insane? That's so insane for me. Anyway. That is, yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty cool. And go, talking about, like, getting into it and seeing those pictures, back then, the, I guess the social aspect of it was VW Vortex because mm. it had, like, Mark One coolest pics and, like, those kind of threads that you'd flip through. And I think that's how I came up with that photo. And I was like, "This, I need to see this all the time and mm. uh, save that for my desktop background. Yes, man. It's the same thing that happened to me. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. So, okay. What, sorry. Say again. What truck did you get in high school? So I was looking for one for a while. And even being in PA, I was on the eastern side closer to jersey so i wasn't towards the center where the westmoreland plant was where becker and all them are mm. um but for some reason and i didn't have the networking back then i could not find one uh i searched for about two years and then i blindly bought a mojave beige truck out of arizona and had it shipped up to new york oh, wow. and uh this was at the time uh, coming out of high school, going into college, not having much money, borrowing money from mom to purchase a truck and then ship it and then go pick it up. And turns out it doesn't run. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> had, had a trailer at home and then get it home and it's sitting in the driveway and uh, excited, but couldn't do anything because this was the also entrance to doing more motor work and heavier motor work than I ever had. Mm. Um so pull the cylinder head, get that redone, retime it, redo a bunch of motor work, and finally get it running. And uh, that was my first truck, was learning how to do cylinder head, windshield, interior. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So how? Just I'm just still learning the U.S. map. 
I'm getting there, but I'm still learning where all the states are. Whereabouts okay. is Arizona um, in regards to like the distance between Arizona and you say this was when you were in PA, right? Correct. So how um, you had it shipped over? Yeah, it was just put on a car car hauler and then shipped. It's Arizona and PA. Man, I'm gonna have to look at the map too because I'm terrible at all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more towards the the center center part of the states, and mm. so it was getting shipped to the the east coast. Like I said, it got shipped up to New York. It didn't even get shipped to my door, so I had to drive. I think it was a eight hour round trip to go pick it up. Wow. Dedication, man. Uh, do you have like any stories like that? Was that a story like I often reference the Bobby Ullman story because he's a great storyteller and about how he drove up to get his truck and it wasn't like he broke two belts and stuff like that. You know, can you <laughs> recite everything that happened around that time as well? Or, or uh, there, not so much, a... not so much for that one, but for the the three that I'm sitting in the driveway, they have more. I would say better stories, and I can remember more of that. It's a little more recent. Sure. Um, from you know, from back in high school, I don't, I wasn't as focused and as driven, but that truck did have a fun story to it too. Oh right, okay. Well, hang on, just so I know as well, like just so we get the full picture. So in, um, because you, uh, you said you work at a Volkswagen dealership or uh, a, a garage, right? Yes. And so. How did you get, what do you sort of do on a daily basis there, if you don't mind me asking? Because I just want to know, like, how that came about, really. Uh, so, I guess we'll step back a little bit, because my, I always like taking stuff apart and putting things back together. And once I started playing with cars, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I made that poor decision early on in life, and uh, <laughs> kind, of, kind of stuck to it. Um, I always did. I always tried to do all the the little stuff that I could myself and then try to learn from there. But uh, I couldn't do too much. And so I focused on trying to go to school for that. Um, I drank my way out of school within the first semester. So that was that was a lot of wasted money. You drank uh, your way out of school, did you say? Yeah, I decided to party instead of go to class. Wow. Okay. So I, I failed at that. And then I just had to work. Um, I was stuck in endless jobs of just making money and, you know, not really doing much. And my one friend was like, Hey, me and my fiance or girlfriend at the time are uh, moving to North Carolina. Uh, not to be mean, you got nothing going on. Do you want to uproot your life and come with us? And I was like, wait, what? Now this is somebody who I met through Volkswagens and we were very good friends for geez, five, six years. Mm. And, uh, he was like, just... He's like, come with us. We'll all rent a house together and we'll figure life out. And I was like, well, okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> that's something but, I would do. I'm very impulsive and sort of spontaneous like that, man. I, that's something I would do. I mean, it took a little convincing because that's a lot to do. It was literally quit a job, uproot everything that you know and have, and move uh, eight, eight and a half hours away. Mm. Um, that did end up getting paused for a girl who was not worth anyone's time. And it's no longer in the picture, um, but I still ended up moving down here. But that's what got me started at Volkswagen was my friend. Actually, I met him in college in the semester I was there. He actually switched his career from accounting and banking to mechanics because of me. And then he followed through and did the correct thing. And then he got a job down here at the dealership that I'm at. And then he got me the job here. And that's why I'm here. 
Wow. And you've been there ever since. <laughs> yep. It'll be eight years in November. Wow. And what sort of like a daily sort of thing is do you do you do? Is it sort of like any jobs really that come in or is it are you like do you have specifics that you take care of? Uh, not specifics. It's literally any job that comes in. We work as a uh, open shop concept. So there's, I think, there's a couple of, couple of people that quit, but we have like 10 to 11 uh, main line techs and you just pull from a pile and whatever the, the ticket says as the customer concern is kind of what you go through. So once wow. you make it to like a line tech, you kind of get opened up to everything. Um, when you get first brought in, you start as a lube tech, and you're basically just doing oil changes, light bulbs, tires, tire rotations, you know, all the all the simple stuff. And as you progress, you move up. And uh, even with no schooling and everything, I have learned 90% of what I know at the place I know. Um, I started as a lube tech with no schooling and just pushed and stuck my nose in and tried to learn from anyone and everyone that would teach me and move my way up. Yeah, man, that is you're preaching right now. I often, (laughs) I honestly often think, and it it, you can use this like in pretty much every area in life is like if you are the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like you need to be among people that have seen things, people that know more than you. It's it was like uh, you know I'm going way back now. I used to be a personal trainer and I used to be heavily into bodybuilding, and I was prepping even prepping for the stupid shows that I thought were amazing. You know when you get on stage in just like a pair of pants and you get all greased up and show everybody what you've been you know for a trying to get a plastic trophy. <laughs> like putting your body through hell to get a fucking piece of trophy at the end of it and i i was one of those guys a long long time ago um, it's funny you brought that up a couple times in a couple episodes now i haven't seen any pictures surface from this is there no, i'm not letting them out <laughs> there's there has got to be some sort of documentation of this <laughs> well again this was a long time ago when i was absolutely beardless less tattoos and i I was one of these that just always covered up as well um, because <laughs> I remember my first week on the job at this gym that I worked at for, I worked at a gym for f- five or six years and I always stayed covered up after my first week. So I'm talking that I wore trousers, hoodies, uh, because uh, there was a rumor that went around from the other personal trainers there that they thought I was all on steroids. They all of them what? thought I was on steroids, taking this, that, and the other, and I was—I just simply wasn't. I didn't—I didn't know what steroids really were back in the day. So, <laughs> I, you know, to avoid all of the, uh, you know, confrontation and stuff, and people kept staring at me, and so I just put a hoodie on and just stayed covered up. So there are rarely any photos of me at all back in the day when I was. I'm a vegetarian now, but I was eating like you know, four or five chicken breasts per day and Ugh. like 10 to 12 <laughs> eggs. And I was, I was a gannet, man. I was going for it. Do you know what I mean? But I, I changed the, <laughs> I changed, uh, I changed my ways after that. But uh, what were we even talking about? I'm so sorry. I've forgotten. I've just gone off a, <laughs> on a tangent. Uh, we were talking about me coming up and work, starting off small and then right. growing. Sorry. Yes, what I was actually trying to say, way back in those times, I 
I often like tried to um, go to other gyms where there were better personal trainers and try and learn from them as opposed to staying in my gym where I thought everyone else was like a, a bit of a dick. Um, and, yeah. didn't, you know, I was always trying to search and try and find like the guru who knew everything. And I tried to pump them for information. And I think it's the same for most areas in life. Like I said, like I then became like a photographer. I've always loved photography. So I always wanted to try and pump like the best photographer I knew for information. Do you know what I mean? And it's happening now as I'm getting into Volkswagens and I'm learning that there are multiple people in this community that are willing to help people like me. And I know there's people that, are, you know, they you know, specialize almost in certain areas. You know, there's certain people that love wiring. There's certain people that love the bodywork. There's certain people that know about interior parts. And there's certain people that have, you know, hookups to other people and know where to get parts from and stuff. So I always think there is there's something to be said for not being, is this right? Not being arrogant and thinking you're the big I am and just actually trying to, talk to people that know more and try and learn and i think that's are you saying that that's what happened with you where you started working at this place and you just learned from the gurus from you know people that knew things that you didn't and just went from there is that right yeah and that's essentially what i had to do you know there were still 12 other gentlemen in the shop that i had to pick and choose of who was nice enough to bring because you know i'm the new guy i'm the runt i don't know anything and everyone's like this guy is terrible (laughs) <laughs> so I had to, I'd obviously pick and choose who was willing to let me literally just poke over their shoulder and watch what they were doing. I'm a visual learner, man. I got to put my hands on. I got to play around. I, you give me a book that says the same thing. I'm going to do it 30 times. You show me one time and normally I can do the, the task. So that mm-hmm. was my approach was if I could just shadow you and you not get mad, perfect. Yes. <laughs> Um, cause like I, I would literally just be over their shoulder and just, well, why this, why that can, can I ask you questions while you do this? And, uh, looking back on it, it was, it was very interesting of how my come up came and there was a lot of negative thrown my way. Um, and I, I probably should have switched shops and probably could have grown faster, but I'm, I'm glad I stayed where I am and went through the stuff I did because, you know, I am where I am today because of it. Now, what do you mean there was negativity thrown at you? Well, you got to think, you come into an industry of, you know, any sort of industry, you come in as a new guy and no base knowledge, so no schooling, no nothing. You know, I was a backyard mechanic trying to learn myself. Um, So basically self-taught, and then you come into an industry where it's, you know, you got to keep all your ducks in a row and do stuff the right way. Um, You're looked down upon because you know nothing. So I always did simple, simple stuff. They didn't want to ever let me learn. They didn't want to ever let me try to grow for the longest time. But I had to keep pushing and keep pushing. And uh, one of, I think one of my rabbit pickups that I had, I rebuilt the motor in that shop. And that sparked some interest. And they were like, well, we're going to start playing with this guy a little more. And I got really? to, you know, start doing bigger jobs and started getting more confidence and you know, grew to what I am. Wow. That's, that is such a shame though, that you were made to feel a certain way. Cause I think, you know, we're all learning still, but we all learn. We've all got to learn. Do you know what I mean? There's like, it's hard to explain, but it's like, how else do you think you're going to learn this stuff? 
I mean, I know that I'm, uh, you know, I'm 32 now and I didn't, you know, grow up learning about cars. My dad wasn't around to teach me and I didn't have any uncles to teach me. Uh, you know, like you can hear it on all the most of the episodes on this podcast. <laughs> People come on and say, oh, yeah, my dad taught me this. My uncle taught me that this person here. And and I'm like, fuck, I'm just sat here listening to it going, oh, man, I'm so fucking jealous. Like I wish <laughs> someone took me aside. Do you know what I mean? And just said, right, this yeah. is this. This is how you change a tire. This is how you do oil. This is how you change spark. Like the tiniest little things I wish. But, you know, like I said, we've all got to learn at some stage. And I don't think there should be any, what's the word? Um, well, like what you I went I think through. bullying is probably the easiest way to put it. You know what I mean? Really? It's, it's, a, it's a downgraded version of it all. I mean, if you're going to pick on someone who knows less and doesn't, and it's still trying to grow and just asking questions. It, it basically mm. comes down to almost a, a bullying type of situation, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. Do you think there's any of that in, like, the Mark One community today, like in today's world, on, with social media, with forums or anything like that? Do you, Have you seen any type of bullying? Like, I, you know, forgive me, I, I haven't seen any myself. I haven't <clears throat> witnessed anything. But I'm just no, interested I don't, to I don't, know. I don't think... I don't think as much in like the the Mark One world um, that there's like the bullying like that or the the how do I want to word this? I don't know because back in the day and a couple guys have said it on here that if you were to ask questions to certain people, all you would be told and the response would be search or basically fuck off. And Jeez. I feel like that has come full circle now, and it's no longer that. And everyone is now more willing to throw out information and willing to. <laughs> you know, answer a simple DM, um, whether it, it, it does something good for them or not. People are now more willing to share that information than where back in the day, I would say that there was more bullying or not, you know, just lack of wanting to show the new guy the ropes. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right there because you got to think of it as well. As, as weird as this sounds, but we're all getting older, um, you know, at a, you know, we're all we're all still alive. we're all still here. We're all still alive. But notice that there are obviously new people coming into the scene, um, inverted quotes or whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's new people always coming through, learning about these Mark Ones, falling in love with them, just like me. I'm just one person, right? But there's probably loads of people every year coming into this community and learning and wanting wanting to know more wanting to know where to get these parts from and i think it is important that we you know not spoon feed people but i think some information history uh knowledge um things need to be passed down so that we can keep these i say it all the time we need to keep them keep it going in all aspects yeah. you know yeah and i and, and like i said i think that's changing uh, a lot recently and everyone is realizing that if you help point them, maybe don't give them the full answer, but point them in the direction of the answer in a polite manner. And then yes. there's more of a positive outcome from that than, ha ha, I know this and you can't. Goodbye. hundred mm, percent, mate. A hundred percent. Now, let's go back to you then, if we may. Like, cause uh, there's, you know, there's a, I'm, I see through your Instagram for the photos that are on it, there's some interesting vehicles that I want to know more of. And I don't know what you want to touch on next. Um, like we obviously talked about, you know, you working in that shop and you, you know, you, 
you had the your first was a Mojave beige uh, Lake Westy truck, right? Correct. Where did you go from there? Like, how long have you still got that truck? Did you move on from there? Uh, no, I do not have that truck anymore, and that is why I have the current Mojave Beige. Um, I am a red car guy by default. I have only ever owned red vehicles up until a couple of years ago when I, I think the sport truck might have been the first non-red vehicle I owned. Right, um, okay. Yeah, I was a little color biased, and still am. I prefer red vehicles, but they're hard to find, and especially in the truck world, for whatever reason. Um but where was I going with that? Oh, the Mojave Beige. Uh, that one I actually bought a motor from a friend. Um, it was a ABA Turbo, and I bought it from him in single dollar bills because I knew it would be annoying. Um, <laughs> what? So, yeah, so I it was a, a friend of a long time from someone in PA, and um, he had he pulled the motor out of his car, and I was like, I'll buy it. And he was like, No, you won't well yeah why not um i'll swap it in my truck and that'll be fun and uh so when he told me the price i think he wanted like 800 dollars or something um for the the motor turbo piping and you know whatever this was years back um but i was like okay i was like i got you let him pick the motor up and i handed him a bag and it was a paper bag and he was like what what is what is this and i was like it's your payment you know i told you i'd bring cash here you go and uh, he opens it up and he goes, I, I hate you. And I was like, it's, 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 it's all there. I promise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I figured if I had, you know, I unfortunately took someone else's built motor, but then I started to shave the bay of the truck, uh, moved it to a friend's house and a bunch of weird stuff happened. But I had to sell that truck moving down to North Carolina to help fund my trip. Um, so that's why I got rid of that. And I, I look daily through tags or, um, where I think the truck might be to see if it would ever resurface. And I've never seen it again. Um, yeah. Is that, is this one of those situations where if you saw it again, you try and get it back? Um, probably not now, probably not now. Um, since I have another one that is pretty similar to what, my first one was because it was Mojave beige and it did have the uh, peanut butter brown interior. So it's mm. basically the one that I have now is a, a replica of the one I had. Um, so it's it's close enough for me now. Oh, that's fair enough. I didn't know if there was any sort of sentimental value. Maybe you like sketch uh, etched in like your initials underneath the dash or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> No, there was just a bunch of terrible body work in the engine bay of me learning how to shave an engine bay. Um, so okay. that would be the only thing that would really stand out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you sold that Mojave Beige truck to fund the trip to go to um, North North Carolina, and then yep. you trying to you you found your feet in a way. And what next? What was the next vehicle? So when I moved down here is the first time I stepped out of the Volkswagen world uh, for the first time. And I had a 2005 Mini Cooper. Um, Okay. Now, it's kind of comical enough to say that I owned one. It was a fun little car. I owned it for, I think, a year and a half, two years. And I sold it. I was tired of it. Um, From there, I bought the 84 Jetta. 
And that was my daily driver for over three years. And that was just a stock motor. It was the little one eight that came in it. And I ran that around and constantly fixing it and drove that forever. (laughs) This is the red one, right? This because it's beautiful. It's on your Instagram, right? Yes, it's it's a good twenty footer. It just keeps getting worse. As some someone had repainted it at some point in time and put clear on it, and now all of that is uh, starting to come off. So if you if you take a photo from about twenty feet away, it looks really good, and then you get close, and you're like, well, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's the same with my truck right now. I hate to say it, but I think someone clear coated over like the patina, and it just they put too much on, and it's like dribbling down the bodywork you can see like clear coat dribble it's just really weird and i don't know what to do (laughs) (laughs) but yeah similar situation kind of um yeah so that that was my car for a while and then that was the first car i completed a swap on and i put a aba two liter um like michael likes to throw in all his cars i uh completed that swap and drove that around for a while and bought a couple other cars in between there but the the red car is probably my staple to north carolina and uh, a couple people a couple of my friends around here still make fun of me because my outsource with that was you know i'm now in a new area i knew no like no nobody uh so no volkswagen people it was literally just me going to work and coming home and uh, I thought maybe people at the dealership would have the same sort of enthusiasm towards these vehicles, and they did not. Um, they hated Volkswagens. None of them drove Volkswagens. None of them wanted to do anything with them but fix them for their daily job and then go home and forget about them. Wow. I was like, this is going to be hard to network. <laughs> That's weird, man, because you'd think, like, if you work at a Volkswagen dealership, you'd have a Volkswagen. Like, it just makes sense. Surely you'd be able to get parts easier. You'd be able to work on it easy. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying shit, but it just makes sense, kind of. But I mean, that was my mindset going into it, and I was proved wrong very quickly. <laughs> Jeez. So you work but, at a Volkswagen dealership, and you're the only guy who owns a Volkswagen there. <laughs> and it's and it's an old one that everyone thinks is a giant heap of shit. And I'm like, Jeez. oh great, here we go. Wow. Um, so my outsource to that was still VW Vortex. Um, and like I said, I get made fun of this all the time. I would, you know, go out to breweries and um, try new beers because that's when microbrews and all that was a, a fun new thing. And so I would just try to socialize. And I posted a photo on Vortex and I was like, hey, is there anyone that has a Mark One or old Volkswagens around here? And uh, one of my old friends would always make fun of me and be like, oh, is, does anyone want to be my friend? And I'm like, man... <laughs> I was like, that's a terrible way to look at it. But honestly, that's kind of what it was. Is yeah. I knew no one with Volkswagen. So like, hey, is there anyone out here? And uh, I actually met a couple of really good friends because of that. Um, you know, it's silly and it's, you know, kind of embarrassing, but, you know, whatever. No, um, man. We, how, do you, how else do you meet people? Like, you kind of got to, I would do exactly the same, man. If I moved to America, <laughs> I'd be like, right, who the fuck lives near me? <laughs> Let's meet up right now. Like, that's just <laughs> how it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess it's more known today with how social media has taken off, and that's the main platform to talk to people. But, mm. you know, a couple of years back, it was seen as a little weird. Um, oh, right. Yeah, really of good, course. One of my really good friends came from that because he had a part, he had a fender roller um, that I went to borrow. And so never met this dude before, just talked to him on Instagram. And he's like, oh, I'm using this. And I was like, 
by any chance, can I pay you to borrow that? Cause I have to roll my fenders. And he was like, yeah, sure. So me by myself in an 84 Jetta driving to his house to a stranger who I've never met before, pull up in his driveway and, uh, to just to borrow a random part for an unknown amount of time and uh we ended up talking for four or five hours and now he's probably one of my better friends down here <laughs> dude that is that is exactly how it happens man that's how it works it's like it's the same with these podcasts like i've had guests on and we just continuously talk we've got so much to talk about i've had to like cut down episodes because they're so so long because we just it's it's the same with everything, really. If you get into something with someone else who you don't even know, yet you can talk for hours upon the first encounter because you have that same thing in common. Do you know what I mean? It's the same with yeah. me and fixed gears that all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because like you go through this and talk to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, I remember this story. I remember this story. Oh, I forgot mm. about that." And you don't realize that those moments that you forgot about are thirty, forty-five minute you know, conversations and stories. And then you're like, Oh wait, we're, we're lost. somewhere else." <laughs> Amazing. So, okay. So, uh, you know, you met, you met a good friend there in, in North Carolina and, uh, <laughs> what happened next? Like, where does the story go from, from here? Um, it was just branching out meeting more people, uh, just through all, you know, the Volkswagen worlds. Um, he was, he was pretty tucked off further than Raleigh, so he didn't really come down this way often. So it was mainly just going up there, talking about cars, drinking beers, and um, that kind of stuff. And then from there, it was just meeting people at, like, local meets. Um, it's now one of my least favorite things to do. I don't like to go stand in a parking lot with the same 12 people all the time. And, you know, everyone just wants to show off rather than hang out. Um, nice. so I pulled, I pulled back from all that, but again, I had to go to that to meet people and try to socialize and find the right people that I wanted to associate with. Dude, let's so. talk about that for just a minute. Cause you've got to understand, right? I've okay. So where to, how do I, okay. So obviously I, since having the truck, the first, the UK caddy, it was always like off the road and I was always working on it and getting welding done. And I never really had a chance to take it anywhere and, you know, meet other people with it. And then I got the truck that I have now and I've been working on it and stuff, but I've only been to sort of like one car meet. Right. Uh, and that mm -hmm. wasn't a Volkswagen like meet. That was just like a, it was a um, classic vehicle meet here on the Island where again, just like you, I don't really know many people around here. Um, I'm sure there's people here with classic cars, but I just haven't sort of had the time to sort of go out and, and meet people uh, as such. And we can talk about that later. But I, <laughs> my impressions of the, the, this meet that I went to, it was just a bunch of people, like you say, meet up in a car park and everybody sort of talks to, they're very clicky and they only talk to certain people and then they went inside to get a coffee. It was mostly old dudes. But I want to know from your point of view, like what, because it, it sounds like you've been to multiple car meets, right? What, yes. What's been sort of like the experiences? What could I expect to experience myself if I was in America and I went to a Mark 1 meet or a Volkswagen meet or a, a Euro car meet in a parking lot? What, what, what could I expect? Man, it all depends on the area and the people and what you're actually going to. 
Um, you know, you have things like Madness and you have other shows. Uh, an old throwback used to be H2O. You know, Bag Fair still goes on. Um, so depending on what you go to, it's different. Um, I used to be a big show guy back in the days. I never, I never ever brought a car out. Um, that's why when I posted about me bringing my terrible truck to Helen, I was just super excited about it. I've been doing this forever, and I think I can count on one hand how many times I have brought a vehicle out to bring to a show to care enough. I was usually just the, the ride-along guy and the one that would drink and carry on. Um, <laughs> so I've been to plenty of shows, and they used to be great. Um, I think Becker touched on it. I used to be pretty good friends with him and him and I are still in contact. We lived close and we would always go to shows together. Um, but back in the day with like H2O and stuff, man, you should just hang out, cruise the strip. Um, and it was fun. And then it became clicky and then it became the followings and how much attention can I get? So a lot of the shows have taken a dive and I think a lot of the meets have done the same because... I hate to say it, it just comes into a dick swinging contest of who's got better and bigger and other stuff rather than we're all just car guys and we appreciate what's going on. Really? Um, That's interesting. Sorry, you do you do touch on some good some good points there. Because in, <laughs> for me, like when I see stuff like, you know, there's obviously like certain shows come up and ev- everybody that I follow is posting pictures from the same show. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so jealous. But at the same time, it sort of touches on what you just mentioned about the dick swinging contest. And it's like, you know, you can sort of see certain people are only posting like these glamorous shots. And it's there's no uh, if it was me. Right. I would be like, oh, I take a photo, show a photo of someone's vehicle and I write a big old caption and say, like, oh, this. This car is really cool. It has a really cool uh, story like this, and this person did that. And it would be a very documented, informative post or a video. Whereas a lot of the time nowadays, I just see people post photos from a show and just not even s- explain anything about the image or the vehicle or the owner or anything. It's just, it's just to get likes, which is kind of what we touched on at the very beginning as well, which is so sad. Um, yeah, like I said, I was I was guilty of that back in the day because I thought that's what the platform was for. And then oh, realizing really? how, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I thought, you know, hashtagging stuff and only putting like simple captions like that was like the cool thing. And then I was like, this, who does, who, why, why am I doing this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I Can I just say, I don't think that's cool. <laughs> I'm, it might be an unpopular opinion, um, but and I'm sure there's people that do it, but I just think. I don't know, man. I'm just so I'm just built differently. Like I just well, I think it's the company, the company you keep though too, because it was different people I was hanging out with and that kind of stuff. And I was at a, it was at a different time, and you know I can say I've come full circle to where I don't I don't think I use it as the the same anymore. To where I just kind of post my stupid things that I do in the four spots of where my vehicles sit, and that's about it. Mm. Um, but for some reason, I thought that was it. And then when I got rid of social media and came back, I was like, there's so much more to this than just trying to gain people mm. who you don't even know or care about. You know what I mean? And that's why my circle is very small of how I network. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, man. There's Like I said, we could talk about social media for hours. I think it's such an interesting topic, this whole social media thing. I think it's... Uh, there, I read a statistic like the other day. I think it said like uh, 49% of social media is there to um, uh, ruin 
our future and 51% is here to help us or something like that. And I think it's the other way around. <laughs> but like, yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I think those numbers are flipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Like I said, I love the topic of social media. It is a massive love-hate for me. It's hate because I just hate the way it's going. I hate how everybody is just engrossed. I hate the fact that people only really care. Some people, not everybody, but some people really only care about the likes, the follows, how things look. And, uh, and you know, there's the love side of it is the fact that it can connect you with other people. Like it can, like I'm evident that I can connect with so many different people in this community via or via Instagram to make this podcast happen, to talk to people, to, to get parts for my truck, to have sent over here. People have been so helpful. If I didn't have Instagram, my truck would not be in the, you know, as far along as it is now with the parts that I've had sent over. And I, like I said, the knowledge I've got from people that I've met through social media is great. That's why it's a love-hate thing for me. Um, yeah. But all that comes into full play now when you start going to car shows, you know what I mean? Because you have those people that are coming out only for how many people are going to take pictures of my car? How many people are going to notice that I'm here? How many people are going to realize the $5,000 wheels um, that I have Jeez. on my, my vehicles? You know what I mean? That's, that's what people are focused on now. Is that what and, it's really uh, like? Depending on where you go, yeah. And that's I feel like that's rough. how a lot of the meets are in North Carolina. Um, now, there's a local shop, Black Forest. They put on a uh, Thursday meet uh, the last Thursday of every month. And it's literally, hey, everyone, our parking lot is open. Come hang out. And that's literally all it is. Everyone comes. They park. They hang out for a little bit. They leave. People rotate. But it's literally, literally just sitting around bullshitting. Everyone's drinking a beer or, you know, it, age pending um beer water just socializing and that is more of the platform that i'm into mm. and um this goes towards like mark one madness as well that's how that show is associated and played out is because it's just a hangout like no one no one's there to care everyone's just like great you made it um and the worst part about talking about madness is i used to live 20 minutes from there and i have never ever been no way yeah oh dude we've got to get you there like we've got to try i mean i haven't been yet but i plan on it and uh i'd love to meet you there as well as uh, alongside everybody else that i've i've had the pleasure of talking to uh but yeah man do you ever want to go do you is it on the cards for you i've wanted to go for a long time um it just comes down to funds and all that kind of stuff normally uh, we were we were talking about going for the past two years, and we just never made the trip, whether it was getting cars ready, getting the time off, having the funds. Um, I also have uh, a dog, and now I have two dogs. Uh, so either bringing them or finding someone to watch them is normally kind of difficult. So there's there's always a, a couple things that come into play. Um, mm. But we were, me and my girlfriend were talking about going this year, but we went to Helen, and time didn't line up because of having to take time off. I unfortunately got the fake COVID or whatever you want to call it. And I was forced to use sick days to stay home. So like, you cannot come to work. And I was like, well, I feel fine. And they're like, no, you tested positive. You're forced to use your sick days. And so I did not have time to uh, take off to go to madness this year. So, so let me get this, let me get this straight. 
you had to use sick days from work because you tested positive. Yes, I was forced to take my time off paid because I had COVID. I was not allowed in the building because of being sick. And they weren't going to pay me and they weren't going to let me just take the days off. I had I was forced to use my time. That I don't wow. So I don't know if this is the same I don't it doesn't sound like the same for me. So I tested positive for like a few days. And, but that did not count against my sick days, if that makes any sense. Um, whereas for you, it was. Yep. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah, so that, uh, that was not fun. But that, that limited my time and our travel time that we were able to take this year. And that got thrown off the list uh, of places to go, unfortunately. Now, it wow. is high on the list. I would love to go. Mm. Um, I've always I've always heard about it. I've been good friends with, like I said, Becker for a while. Matt Rad, we really need to uh, try to either convince him or reach out to him to get him on here because he's a crazy dude and he's always had great Mark ones. Oh, <laughs> and he's, Matt a, Rad, he's a book of knowledge. Yes. Yeah, man. I, I spoke to him a couple of months ago, and uh, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to to get our schedules in the in a line he will be on the podcast trust me he's just perfect, perfect. i think he's he's just going through something at the moment and then as soon as he's ready he's going to let me know and uh yeah everybody's saying oh you need to get matt rad on he's uh he's be a great guest and that's like yep he is coming i'm just waiting for him to uh let me know so i, I can't wait that's that's good he's he's a character man i love that dude yeah for sure for sure now Let's. Uh, we talked about the um, the Jetta, the eighty four Jetta, and yep. then you still got that. What yep. what next? So we've got like a metallic early uh, late Westy as well, right? What's the exact color of that um, truck? I don't. I think it was the the silver at some point, but it has uh, it has patinaed and been through a lot apparently, and uh, that truck has. Probably my most interesting story um, out of Mark ones. Okay. Because normally, normally when you find these trucks, they're expensive. Somebody knows what they have, or it's rotted to everything, and Clint ends up with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, that dude just ends up with all the Mark ones, and then turns them into amazing things. Mm. So <clears throat> that's interesting to see. But the uh, this truck I saw on Craigslist. And it was about two hours from me, and they had it listed for 250 bucks. No way. I was like, yeah, I was like, there's no way. I was like, this is either someone, this is either bullshit or it's someone that doesn't really care. So I instantly messaged them, and I was like, well, I have no way to get this. My only car right now is my Jetta, so there's no picking this up. Uh, I was like, I'll figure that out. But I was like, you know, whatever. Message them, and I was like, hey, I'll buy the truck. And they're like, oh, we already have someone interested. And I was like, no, like, I'll buy it right now. And they're like, well, the first person that came through, we're going to give them. And if they fall through, we'll let you know. I was mm. like, I mean, that's fair. Um, so I think that was a Wednesday. And then all Thursday, I'm sweating it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. I wonder if they showed up. I wonder if they didn't. And I think it was either Friday morning or late Thursday, I got an uh, a email and said, didn't show trucks yours. When can you get it? Wow. And I was like, ah, I was like, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I had to scramble around real quick and uh, 
my buddy Adam, who's across the street, the gentleman I referenced earlier about the sport truck, right. he had a pickup at the time. And uh, I was like, hey, man, can can I pay you to take me to go get this? Or can I, you know, how how can we make this happen? And financially, how do I make it, you know, correct on your end, paying for gas, paying for the uses of your truck, whatever. Um, so he agrees. So we borrow a tow dolly and take his truck and we start heading towards the eastern coast of North Carolina to go pick up this truck. And within 20 minutes of our departure, a uh, tire blows out on the, the tow dolly. I'm like, well, now what? <laughs> <laughs> so now we got to text the guy and be like, hey, man, we're going to be a little late, ran into an issue. Uh, I think it took us two hours to find the correct tire. We had to leave the tow dolly on the side of the road take the tire off, take it to my shop, put the tire on, take the tire back, go refine the tow dolly that we hit in the woods so that nobody else would take it, wow. put the tire back on, and now we're back on track to go picking up this mystery truck. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and the person I was talking to wasn't, like, sending photos, wasn't sending videos. I just knew it was a rabbit pickup for $250. Oh, so yeah. I was so like, hang on. Let's go back to the, the Craigslist uh, ads. Was How many photos were there? I, I, there could be no more than four. Right. And from what like, I remember. You were like $250 sold. Yeah, I was like worth it either way, whether it was just a truck that I could part out, whether it was a good VIN and VIN plate that I could use. Uh, there, there was some way that this was going to be worth my time. So I was like, mm. okay, well, let's go. So we, I think it was like two and a half, three hours, we drive. And we start coming closer to it now that, you know, following the directions. And uh, we start losing service. I'm like, well, this is great. How are we going to call this guy? How are we going to figure this out? We go down a road and then we make a turn onto a dirt road. No signs, no nothing, just straight dirt road, trees on both sides, as far as you can see. And we have no service. And our maps cut out. And we we're like, well, it's supposed to be up here on the left. We'll see what happens. So we get there, pull up on some weird little barn, and we pull in the yard and instantly get greeted by two dogs. One dog was giant, and uh, its head probably came up to mid-chest. And wow. we were like, do we get out of the car? Is this dog going to be nice? No people. And I was like, well, no truck in sight either. Mm. So. The, all signs are pointing to this is probably not the best idea. And uh, like I said, no cell service. I finally got like a bar, two bars. And I text the guy. And I'm like, hey, we're here, but service is sketchy. How do we how do we do this? We probably waited 15 minutes, 20 minutes for a text to come through. And says, you'll find uh, the gentleman in a shack in the back. He's the one you want to talk to about the truck. And I was like, well, that also sounds sketchy. That does and, sound fucked. <laughs> and can we get out of the truck with the two dogs that are here? And again, had to wait for service to kick in. He says, dogs are friendly, go. And I was like, uh, okay. So Adam and I look at each other. We hop out and we pet the dogs and acknowledge that they're friendly. And then we're now on a hunt for a older gentleman in a small shack. Um, <laughs> so this is a farm <laughs> property. They have their own landing strip that they carved in one of their fields for one of their small planes there's Jeez. heavy equipment there's buildings everywhere 
and we're just looking for a four by four shack of where a older gentleman would be. And I'm like, this, this, this just doesn't feel right. I was like, something's wrong here. <laughs> so we troll around a little bit and then we end up finding the door. We knock on it. Both of us take, you know, six, six steps back. And we're like, well, what's, <laughs> what's next? Well, what's next is some 89-year-old man walking out in a corduroy jacket, and he pokes his head out, looks at us, and goes, hello? And there, I, I, I'm not even exaggerating, there is drool from his bottom lip to his belly button. And he's just looking at us. And I'm like, what? I was like, are we getting punked? Like, what? what is going on here? Whoa. And, uh... No, it was this this older gentleman wanted to sell his rabbit pickup that he drove up and down the East Coast. And uh, he was very slow about showing us, but he hopped on a golf cart and drove us to the truck and showed us everything. And uh, it was actually filled the entire back. So the gem top came with this truck. I was um, going to ask about that, dude, because like the gem top alone is probably over 250, isn't it? Right nowadays yes. yeah easy <laughs> yeah like um yeah so that that i knew that i could get money for and like i said i knew there was stuff on here that i could recoup and all of that excuse me um but when we look, went to look at the truck there was a whole nother truck in the bed of it that was covered with the gem top so he had a second truck that he cut up to take the parts to make one good truck and he actually used the bed of the other truck as a trailer behind his golf cart. Oh, right. Okay. So he was like, it comes how it is. And I was like, I don't, I don't want all of this. And he was like, no, <laughs> but you have to take it. And I was like, no, but A, I don't want it all. And B, I physically cannot tow this because we had a tow dolly. We didn't have a trailer. So we had yeah. to put the front wheels up and then drag it home with just the rear wheels down. But with how much weight was in the back of it, it wasn't, it wasn't even possible. It would just scrape all the way home, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally convinced him and we took all the stuff out and we're like, hey man, you could take all this to the scrapyard and make more money than I'm giving you here for all of this. So we picked through, saved a couple parts, saved a bunch of stuff that was, uh, and we kept it in the truck. And then uh, I was like, you only want $250 for all of this. And he goes, yeah. And then he comes walking over and he's like, I have another title and a VIN plate. Do you want that too? And I was like, yeah, sure. How much? Because I know you've touched base on it a couple times, but that's how we register cars is by the VIN over here and you need the title and the plate to go with it. Well, on the Mark 1s, all you have is that, that dash stamp, depending on the year. Right. So if you have that little plate and this title certificate that we need, legally, illegally, however you want to look at it, somebody else can take both of those, attach it to another car, and you now have a legal car. And I was like, hey, man, I'll give you another 100 bucks. And he was like, no, I'm going to die soon, so just take what you want. And I was like, What Wait. the fuck? Yeah, I was like, no. said, and he's like, I'm going to die yeah. soon. He's like, I'm old, I'm on my last leg, and I'm going to die soon, so no. I was like, uh, uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> this is the same guy that like poked his head out, was drooling from the bottom lip down to his belly button, and he was like, I'm going to die soon. So, so take my truck. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I need to get this right. So you turn up, he shows you a truck, the the um the one that you have now, which has got the gem top on it as well. And yep. 
it had a bunch of stuff in the back. You took what you wanted from it. You gave you gave him two fifty, right? Correct. And then what does he say? He says he's got the VIN number or the VIN tag and the title. For the other truck, and then I could have that as well. And what was the other truck? Uh, it was a, it was the yellow, he had a yellow rabbit pickup that he cut up to make one good truck. Right. <laughs> so he had that, he had that, the bed part of it as a trailer behind his golf cart that he used to haul junk around the property. And then the rest of it was like, shoved in the woods somewhere of what he didn't use oh so did you say he <clears> cut <throat> the, the uh he cut it up so he used it like a trailer yep oh right like like winfred's got like his little setup and yes. uh mike reed yes right. exactly like that i'm right i'm with you now i'm with you yep wow. so that's that's how the truck was and we didn't have a winch we didn't have anything and the truck did not run um so we are in this field and we're trying to figure out how to load this non-running rabbit onto a tow dolly so we had one shot (laughs) (laughs) and we take the truck and we park it about 20 yards ahead with the tow dolly still on it and uh, adam and i take the rabbit and we just start pushing it and he goes hit the brakes as soon as you can as soon as we get on the trailer and we'll see what happens and i was like what if we overshoot it and he's like well, that's a problem then, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we were like, there's no way we're going to pull this truck back. We literally have one shot. So we're running with the door open, and him on the back, I think is what it was, and pushing and running and hop in and try to get this up the tow dolly ramps, onto the dolly, hit the brakes in enough time so that it stops at the right spot and so that we could load this. Somehow, some way, it was once and done, nailed it, strapped it down, and we could finally leave. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have any photos was, of that day? Uh, I do. We reference them often because now that I stopped neglecting the truck and actually put some time into it and I'm now driving it, um, we often go back on that conversation because it's it was both of us could not believe um, the the story that came along with it just because it was it was very strange oh totally man because what i'll do is like i do with all the episodes nowadays is i i grab a bunch of photos from the guest and i put them on my instagram so for those listening if you go onto the my instagram the monster rabbit and you'll find the this podcast episode you'll see the artwork for it but in there will be a carousel of photos hopefully noah can send me a bunch of photos that you know that reference the stories that he's told today and you'll you can have a little flick through as you listen to the podcast so uh make sure you do that that's cool yeah i'll definitely have to send you some of those because those are like i said that that was probably my most entertaining for pickup for a uh a mark one and Mm. uh the, the pictures will do it more of a justice once you see the the strange setup that we were in for picking this truck up oh that's amazing man that's so cool and you still have it today, and and ha- what needed to be done to the truck to get it up and running? Uh, a couple things. It's it was again coming down to financials and time, and um, you know all that to put a Mark One together. And I just I neglected it for, for four years. It just kind of sat at my dealership, and I was like, yeah, one day. And then I I fixed the motor, had it running for a little bit, 
And then I lost interest. Um, you know, got mad and I was just like, eh, I have it. So when I get around to it, well, then I finally got the bug and I'm like, I'm tired of this thing sitting around. Um, so it needed a transmission clutch cable and something else. Mm. Um, and at that time when I was realizing the issues, I had it towed back to our house where we currently stay. And I was like, over COVID, when all that first hit, everything shut down over here. Um, we were forced, we were on a weird schedule and I was, I had seven to 10 days off at a time. So I was like, well, that'll give me something to do. Um, I'll try to get back into these and do, you know, get this thing running. Mm. And that's when I put the current motor that's in it that was out of my friend Joe's rabbit. Um, the gentleman who I mentioned first that I borrowed the parts from, his yeah. old rabbit, I got his motor. So it's an 80,000 mile diesel motor that he retuned and did everything to for his car. Um, when he sold the car, my tattoo artist bought it and then he didn't want the motor. So he gave me the motor. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that's what I put in during COVID. And then I put the little uh, old school turbo kit on it. And uh, from there, it was just test driving and figuring out small things and having a friend weld the exhaust up for me because I don't have that capability. And from there, it's just been driving it and seeing what's next after sitting for however long it has. Wow. So what's your, what's your, uh, what's your current, uh, what's the word, convoy? Uh, what's your, uh, what do I want to use? What word do I want to use? Just, you have a plethora of vehicles, right? <laughs> I, have a couple, I have a couple. I don't know. Is there any we haven't mentioned already? Just my boring tundra. That's it. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that I that I just bought last year. Um, <clears throat> you know, I applaud, and I was the guy that daily drove a Mark One, and I think you you know if you invest in these, you should at least drive them, unlike I was for a couple of years, and that's why I'm coming full circle now. But I bought that truck because I always needed a big truck. I always needed something. Now you could haul stuff in a rabbit, but I always have had some sort of need, whether it was, you know, dirt bikes, other toys, picking up wood for my smoker. I needed something with a, a hauling capacity. Mm. And I wanted a vehicle that me and my girlfriend and our two dogs can hop in and go wherever, whenever. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard to throw two people and two bulldogs in a rabbit pickup and go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought I could finally get a normal vehicle to uh, troll around in. So that's that's my only other vehicle that's not really worth talking about. Is this the, the red, <laughs> the red, big, massive pickup truck? Yes. Dude, that is huge. I don't know if you saw my stories yesterday. I saw like a, I don't know, it, was it a Ram uh, or something? But it was just a fucking huge American import uh, pickup <laughs> truck here in the UK. And I don't know, maybe like our parking spaces are measured differently here in the UK compared to over there in the US. But for to see a huge American pickup truck in like a parking space at the grocery store, it just looked funny. Like, And I had to park next to it and it just looked so <laughs> ridiculously big. Like I'm talking fucking huge. Like it was on 20 or 22 inch rims or something like that. It was fucking massive. And I'm, I'm sure that's just the norm over there for you, isn't it? Just seeing vehicles yes. like that. 
Yep, yep. And like, uh, I think it was Clint that referenced it a couple times too, down in Florida and everything. It's, it's just big jacked up trucks everywhere you go around here. Wow. Um, thankfully, mine's just all stock and it's just a, a normal driver. You know, yeah. would I like to do stuff to it? Eh, maybe. But uh, like I said, I'm more invested back in these Mark 1s than trying to play with all vehicles at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Well, I want to talk on about something, you know, something on, on the same sort of, on the same breath, I suppose. But I want to know, like, we can get philosophical. We can get deep if you want. I don't know. But I want to, I want to know what it is about mark ones whether it be driving a mark one fixing a mark one what what do you go through what what turns you on with these like creatively um physically spiritually i don't know but like what what does mark ones mean to you like what is my drive or my love or my like or why i have these yeah i I don't know it's just it's i like weird things um i like old stuff i like stuff that not everybody has i like to be able to drive down the road and something be different whether it's wheels whether it's lowered whether it's an old car i it's not the fact that i like to stand out and want the attention i just like the different aspect mm. um so when it comes to mark ones like you said there's such a niche or niche or you know however you want to say it it's a weird <laughs> yeah. market and a, a weird thing and i just love them from the square the square part to the headlights to the body to um you know, the, the constant repair, that's not always the best part, but there's just, there's always something going on with them and the way that they drive, it drives like the old car that it is to where you hop in a new car today and you could use your pinky to steer the car and (laughs) it's got all this fancy stuff. I love hopping in my old cars and driving them. And it's just a raw feeling. It's a raw driving experience compared to what you get now. That was beautifully so. put, man. That was like that's exactly how I feel, like to a T. Like you've put that very, very well. And I'm sure there's people listening that can definitely relate to what you've just said. Like that is exactly it. And you've referenced it a couple times too. You know, you have a hard day at work and then you go to get in your car and for me, I, I go to get in mine and I'm like, Oh, I brought the old truck today and then it's just like a sigh of relief because it's some for some reason for us a uh, a happy spot to be in to hang out mm. um it's a it's a good comfortable feeling because of the weird love that we have for these cars you know it's it's hard for my girlfriend to understand she's never been in the car she doesn't really care about them and she meets me and we've been together for three years and she's like i still don't understand <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> yeah for sure for sure like this thing but, doesn't have airbags what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> no airbags, no air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But no, you're exactly but... right. It, it's not. It's not. You know, a, a case of showing off. It's just to have something special and to to own something that's different from the everyday modern vehicles sat in traffic. You know, it's it's cool. It's different. It's you know, it's not like you say. It's not to turn heads. It's not to show off. It's it's just nice to have something different and to be different, and that's exactly yeah. what I'm all about. And I've, you know, like you say, I think I've talked about it a lot already on the podcast in previous episodes. But yeah, you've hit the nail right on the head there. You really have. <laughs> now, yeah, now, go on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go for it. 
Uh, I forget now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, to, to slowly move on, uh, we used to do a thing on the show called Room 102. But put simply, I want to know two things next. I want to know the first thing. I want to know what you hate, what what grinds your gears, what annoys you. Could be anything, could be to do with cars, could be to do not with cars. What grinds your gears? And the second thing I want to know is, what do you love? And it could be anything. It could be food. You've already mentioned that before and, you know, cooking and stuff like that. But, you know, something that tells us a little bit more about you that not everybody necessarily knows. So something that you hate or grinds your gears and something that you love. Man, something that I hate or grind my gears. We could have conversations all day on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite things to show a lot of frustration with is driving um over here stateside for some reason nobody understands what yield uh means what merging is and if you are the slower vehicle on a highway you should be in the right hand lane not the left lane um i thought that was common knowledge being taught but i guess not Mm. um because i you know i hate when you go to get on when you're on the highway and someone's trying to merge in they're merging, they're supposed to yield to you, is how that right. works. And they think that you should yield to them. Right. So that's one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> Speak on that, because obviously we're in two different countries, right? And, you know, we drive on the left here, you drive on the right. Um, but to save confusion, let's just call it like the fast lane and the slow lane, right? Because they're going to be go. the opposites, right? <laughs> Uh, yes. So for me, like the slow lane will be on the far left, the fast lane will be on the far right, and the opposite for you, right? Um, so I don't know if this is bullshit, but I swear that I heard here in the UK that if you are the only driver on the motorway, I guess over there you'd call it a highway or a freeway or something. But So if you're caught in, like, let's say there's a three-lane motorway, right and the limit is like 70 miles an hour and let's say you're in the middle lane and there's no other cars around or in your or you're in the fast lane and there's no other cars around apparently again this might be bullshit anybody in the uk can call me up call me on this but apparently you can get you can get a fine if you're caught driving in the fast lane and there's no one else around i don't know if that's what it's like over there in your state in in the u.s but like if you are apparently if you're the only vehicle around on the freeway the motorway you have to be in the the slow lane do you know what i mean the other lanes are only apparently used for overtaking apparently maybe i'm bullshitting i don't know see i feel like i've heard that about uh europe before or overseas uh across the pond as you like to say which is quite comical Mm. um i've heard that as well now is that I feel like it's a heavy penalty if you're the only vehicle on the road, but that also keeps everyone doing the right thing. If you're lenient on certain situations, you create a gray zone, which creates chaos and all of that. Mm. So I understand it. And I honestly wish it was that way here. Um, And that could be a little biased just because of my dislike for merging and people not, you know, paying attention, but if you're the slower moving vehicle, you are now causing traffic jams and causing other stuff if you are in the wrong lane. Mm. So if you follow the rules and everyone can keep a continual flow, 
in theory, you should have less traffic and less uh, accidents and incidents. You know. Mm, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. It's uh, it would make sense, wouldn't it? So, like, ba- to basically, to put it basically, the uh, again, maybe someone who knows more about it can call me out on it, but apparently, like. The middle lane and the fast lanes are only used to overtake. Everyone should stay in the slow lane, or in your case, the right-hand lane. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's a law. I just remember seeing or hearing about it. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears? Um, is, <laughs> and again, unpopular opinion. I apologize in advance. Audi drivers. People that own Audis drive like cunts. Like, I'm so- <laughs> Let me explain and let me put a disclaimer out. I don't think every Audi driver is a cunt because I've got friends who are uh, Audi drivers and uh, they're nice people. But here in the UK, it is a meme as well. Like, Audi drivers are just fucking nuts. I don't know what it's like over there. If you have Audis, uh, but they just seem to always be up your ass, right up behind you, like nearly bumper to bumper, at, and just crazy driving, like really fast and just irresponsibly driving on the phone. Just you name it. I don't know. Do you have, is, is there a similar uh, manu- <laughs> manufacturer of car over there that you see like, oh, typical Audi driver? Uh, yeah, actually, and it's funny because it's BMWs here. Everyone oh, really? with a BMW, for some reason, drives like an asshole. Really? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So that And that might just be our area, but from me driving up and down the East Coast, generally, I would say most BMW drivers are assholes. Wow, there you go. There you go. But I must say, though, I must say, I don't speed around. I drive like a fucking old lady most of the time, just because I'm always listening out. If I'm in the truck, I'm always listening out for new noises. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sure there's other people like that as well, just trying to listen for anything that shouldn't be making a sound. Um, so I'm always driving really cautiously. So I suppose any other vehicle drives ridiculously fast. Uh, when I'm, you know, on the roads. <laughs> that's, the, that's the same situation for me. I get told all the time I drive like a grandpa. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm just, you know, a lot of my cars are kind of low and I have to watch out for every little pebble that comes up. So if, oh, I, cruise really? at a, yeah, if I cruise at a more reasonable speed, it's easier for me to uh, dodge and pay attention to the road than it is to addressing other things. Wow, man. Wow. Well, okay, so what, what do you love then? What We talked about the things that grind your gears. What do you love? Man. What are you passionate about other than Volkswagens? What am I passionate about other than Volkswagens? I mean, cooking is obviously portrayed on, on my page a lot because I do a lot with uh, smokers and grilling. Um, I, I love riding dirt bikes. Anything with a motor. Um, mm. I just I like playing around and customizing things. I have a little pit bike I do wheelies on and drive around the yard. And I've always had a dirt bike for as long as I can remember. So, Wow. And where did the cooking I, come from? Where, where did you suddenly pick that up? Man, I love food. I hate paying for it. So <laughs> I like good quality food. I just don't want to go sit down to dinner and pay 100 120 bucks for a good meal. So 
uh, you know, I grew up poor and my mom always cooked. So I just learned and, you know, it kind of just escalated very quickly. <laughs> wow. Well, that's nice, though, because it's very rare that you, well, especially on the podcast that I come across people, obviously, Mike Poley, he's been on and he's talked about, um, you know, he, he I think he uses a smoker as well. And he knows all about cooking certain meats and stuff. Um, you know, there's been other people, obviously, uh, Becca has come on <laughs> talking about hot dogs and stuff yeah, like that. Him and his, yeah, him and his hot dog outrage right now. <laughs> I can't do that, man. I could not do that. But, uh, yeah, fair play. But, uh, yeah, like, it's very rare that you hear people talk about food. And it's just, obviously, actually, it's not rare. I take it all back because, obviously, uh, Mark James came on and we talked about veganism and vegetarian stuff. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, a very interesting topic. It is. And it's, it's fun. And with the smokers, sometimes you get wrapped up. Like, I don't know if you saw my story yesterday. I spent 13, 13 hours cooking. Um, now it's a little excessive. Yeah. Dude, Uh, like, forget it. It becomes a little excessive, but. I get so hungry. I couldn't wait any longer. I mean, I, you, I, I guess you're you're having meals in between the 13 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> but no, I was up at 5 a.m. yesterday, and it didn't get done until uh, 6 or 7. Jesus so. Christ. So I, I guess there's a, a certain art to it. There's It's a very calculated thing, right, if you're using a smoker. Yeah. Yeah, and depending on the smoker you use, um, some of them are electronic and they'll maintain the temperature and everything for you. For the one that I have, I either burn charcoal or wood in it, and I have to keep and maintain the fire and the temperature and, um, you know, play around with a lot of stuff. So it's a, it's a lot of time spent to not only cook the food, but maintain the source of heat so that the, the food turns out correctly. Mm. Interesting, man. So you're passionate about cooking. You're passionate about dirt bikes, as you say, anything with a motor. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you just hate people that don't yield or you know merge accord merge accordingly, uh, which is fair enough. <laughs> now, yeah, I feel like that was the easiest one to go with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do have a couple more questions for you as well before sure we thing. we go into like a little a break. Um, so I want to know, right? And this is a question again that I chuck out to people is I want to know if you could just Alt-Control-Alt-Delete all of your vehicles right now, start fresh, right? And you become a billionaire overnight, right? And you've got a four-space garage outside. And I want to know what your four dream vehicles are. Like, I've said this before on the podcast. I've put it to people and I've said, look, if it was me, I'd have a vehicle for each scenario. So I'd have one for speed or like taken to the track. I'd have one for, you know, camping. I'd have one for family and, you know, taking the dog in and stuff, et cetera. So I'm interested to know what your, let's say you had four dream vehicles. What are they? Money is no object, my friend. Huh. Four dream vehicles. Mm. I would have to occupy one of those spaces with my, um, uh, big diesel truck that I've always wanted. And um, so that would definitely take one of them. I've always wanted a Dodge Cummins. Uh, okay. Minus the, minus the issues and stuff that they have. I've always loved that motor and that vehicle. Um, so that would definitely occupy one of the spaces. From there, 
Um, I'd at least need one or two Mark ones. I, I'd have to keep a rabbit pickup. Um, I not really, I think when I moved down here, um, I went two years without owning a rabbit pickup since high school and, uh, I did not like that feeling. So I definitely have to occupy the second space with a rabbit. Mm -hmm. Uh, third would be a Mark four R32. Uh, I've always loved that vehicle. The, the motor, the transmission, the seats, the accessories, the look of the vehicle. Um, it's not the fastest thing, but I just, I've always loved that platform. So Amazing. I guess that would be number three. And number four, man, I don't know. It'd probably be another old Volkswagen, um, whether it would be my same Jetta that I have now. Actually, I take it back. It would be a Jetta Coupe. I would love a two-door Jetta Coupe like uh, Mark 1 Mike, that crazy mm. guy up in New York. Gotcha. <laughs> and that's your four-space garage. Yeah, I think that's what I'll take. Nice. And then so my... I'd have my big truck to tow it all and then all my other funny cars. <laughs> nice now my, my, my last question before we take a break is who inspires you in the community who has you know because we often talk about inspiration and motivation and I've, I've actually looked into this and I found out that inspiration is something that you draw from the outside and motivation is something that you have that's within you like you can have motivation to do something but you can draw in inspiration from others does that make sense so inspiration you just you just made the question a little more difficult but you know <laughs> <laughs> all i mean is who inspires you basically who in the community has inspired you to do certain things to take certain you know take up some uh, you know get get into something or whatever like for me let's use me as an example Ben Quitex Mountain Green Truck that's now Justin Torres, that was a huge inspiration to me. Um, and there's people, again, going, you know, the more I get into this, I look at people like Clint, who has proven time and time again, like, these are just sheets of metal, bolts and liquids and stuff. It, they were put together and they can be fixed by humans again and again and again. And it's people like that, that mindset that really inspire me. Right. And there's other people, a lot, you know, I'm, I'm, there's not just talking about one person, but there's loads of people that continue to inspire me on a daily basis. And with not just with the vehicles that they have, but the mindset that they have behind it has just proven that, well, fucking why not? Like, what, what, what am I waiting for? Why can't I do this? You know, so I'm interested to know who inspires you. Yeah, and I think that was a good way to put that, too, you know, with the, the inspiration and motivation and not just solely based on the vehicle, but the mindset behind the person as well. Um, mm. I think that was a very important thing to say as well, because that comes back to, you know, showcasing or showcasing who you are. If I were to step back in the day, Becker and Matt Rad and then Mike, who's now out in Oregon, um, they were three key players that had Mark Ones back in the day that I looked up to. Um Matt Rad always doing awesome work, always dragging his car everywhere, fixing it. I remember him putting an axle uh, down in Helen, and that was a 13-hour ride that he took. He replaced an axle in the field, uh, threw it back together. And this was before me knowing too much about cars. I was like, man, that dude's awesome. Mm. He drove it 13 hours. He beat the hell out of it. He comes here. He breaks something, fix it in the field, hops back in it, and drives it home. And I'm like, 
all right, that's awesome. You know, it's it's something (laughs) silly like that, but it was just like, that was really cool. For sure. Becker Becker has always been an inspiration with his dedication to his cars and the the stuff that he does. Um, The dude's just awesome. Quality work, awesome cars. You know, that yellow truck he has is amazing. His old rabbit was flawless. Uh, so from back in the day, the two of them have heavily influenced uh, my Mark One inspiration to where you talk about nowadays with the social media aspect and there being more people and you can actually see more. Um, <clears throat> and when you talk about the the part that motivates them and the, the person themselves, I mean, dude, can't keep saying Clint because he just kills it. He He makes all these cars as survivors and does you know granted does he do some crazy shit to him yeah but you know what it works and then he drives them forever and a day beats the hell out of him it's like cool i'm done next yeah and uh like that's awesome that he has that mindset that it's not rotted enough i'm gonna fix it and show you guys i can do this and then do it again and again Mm. um so between him nick uh what is it chelco i'm gonna butcher people's names because i'm not good at them oh so and then uh there you go yeah between Clint, Nick, um, Poplin's Drive, and then Mark One, Mike, too, from uh, New York. <clears throat> the dedication that he has to, I mean, tell me, do you know anyone who drives a Mark One more than that dude does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, right? and, and as hard as he does. So, like, when it, when it comes to that, I think those four right now have caught a lot of my attention with the drive and the dedication and the, the crazy shit that they do. Um, that inspires me in that way to keep going and want to want to keep doing and just showing that these cars can just keep going. Well said, my friend. Well said. Um, right, Noah, what we'll do, we'll take a short break um, and then we'll come back with questions from the listeners. Sound good? Sounds good, man. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. TheMonsterRabbit.com If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support the podcast, then go to TheMonsterRabbit.com and get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie or both. Every little helps. And if you like the podcast, you'll love the YouTube channel. Just type in the search bar, The Monster Rabbit, subscribe, watch a few videos. All the links to the socials will be in the show notes below. I measured the internet speed at my house the other day. I don't know if you've ever done this, like tested your own internet speed. Like you get two speeds, you get upload and download speed. Did you know that? Okay. Uh, kind of. You can go on like <laughs> Google and you can just put like internet um, speed and you can run your own test. So I did this, okay. right? And I <laughs> compared it with my friends. And so I ran my test and, and I, he ran his test. His came back with like um, eight, 80 megabytes per second or something, 80 Mbps or whatever um, on the uh, downloading speed. And it was like 100 and something for the uploading speed. It was just ridiculous, right? Very, very high. I ran my speed test and it came back at, <laughs> get this, the downloading speed was 2.5 the <laughs> uploading speed was 
which is ridiculously, ridiculously low. What that means is that if if I want to upload a YouTube video, for example, if it's like five to ten minutes long, it will take all night long to upload. That's to put it into perspective. (laughs) If we want to watch like a a 30 minute episode on Netflix, it will it will show very few pixels (laughs) and it will buffer all the time. Uh, so this is why i come to the side of the road to do the podcast because i can use my 4g most of the time it's uninterrupted and it's a good signal uh but it is it is a few miles from my house but hey we're here and now and that's the whatever whatever works (laughs) yeah so when i do these ad breaks that is a time for me to step out the vehicle and uh, go to a bush and take a tinkle and then come back and continue. So uh, we're back. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> are you are you ready to continue? Sure thing. All right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, you listen to the Monster Rabbit podcast. I'm here with Noah, and we've got some questions from you guys. Every week, I do I, I put it out on Instagram stories, and I say, "Have you got any questions you'd like to submit for my guest this week?" And it is your opportunity to submit a question. And uh, this week we've got Noah on and we've got a bunch of questions sent in. So we're going to fire straight away. You might know some of these people. You might not. Uh, We're going to dive straight in with this one sent in from Den Dulk. Den underscore Dulk. (laughs) Is that ring any bells? Yes, that is a good friend from Maryland. Awesome. He just says, uh, is it a he? I assume it's a he. Yes. Um, What's your favorite hot sauce? Is this like a private joke? <laughs> no, I'm not sure why he's uh, why he's doing this. Um, I don't know, man. There's too many different hot sauces out there, and uh, I've I've gone away from super spicy things to more flavorful ones. So mm. I unfortunately have a pantry full of sauces at the moment um, due to all the cooking. But I mean, my favorite one, my go-to is just Frank's Red Hot and fresh garlic and butter. I'm a big garlic guy, so. I feel like, and I might be getting this wrong, but I feel like Americans are more into like the hot sauce than us Brits over here. Um, yeah, getting that into wrong, extreme hot sauce. No, no, no. It's everyone's into like super hot sauces and how hot can I handle? Really? And uh, yeah, it's it's not that fun. <laughs> no. Well, I don't consider myself like a foodie as such, yeah. but I just, I don't know. I just, I like to enjoy food. Not fear it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good way to put it. And yeah, and unfortunately, that's what a lot of those hot sauces come down to is like, it's it's heat. It's not flavor. And you're just putting yourself in a miserable situation for <laughs> uh, for what? <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, next question is sent in from Mark One. Well, Ethan. His name's Ethan. Hopefully, he's going to come on the show soon. Mark One Miller. And he says, what's the best show on the East Coast? Hmm. Uh, this is We've good. already talked about... uh, Go on. I would, like, I would like for it to, you know, my answer to be madness, but I can't say that because I haven't been there. Mm. Um, I feel like that fits who I am and how I view shows. But my favorite uh, recently in the past couple of years has always been uh, the show in Helen. It used to be called Soho, and now it's Euro Tipper or something. Tripper. I don't know. I'm terrible with names and remembering stuff. 
But the one so, that's in Helen yeah, is, tell uh, us has about been my that. favorite. What what do what can people expect if they go there? Because I, I again, that was one of the shows that I see everybody that I know go to them and post the photo of. Uh, even you've got a photo outside that um, in the Hellendorf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, does yeah. that. It's it's an iconic photo, and man, I talked about it to my girlfriend. I was like, man, I don't want to, but I have to take the photo. This is my first time bringing a car here. I was like, I have to do it. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the atmosphere there. It's a small old German town in the middle of the mountains. I love the mountains. Um, and it's just, <clears throat> it's a cool place. It's a bunch of little meet and get togethers and you can walk the entire town. You could park your car and never get back in if you wanted to and walk everywhere. Wow. So it's just plastered with Volkswagens and Audis and um, it's just, it's a great little environment. And within the past couple of years, they've kept that show far smaller than it used to be so it hasn't gotten out of hand yet um i'm gonna knock on wood because i don't wish that again upon that small town mm. and to be a part of that but um it's uh that has been my favorite go-to show within the past couple of years i would say excellent man excellent um he also sends uh, another he says tell us your secrets what's what are the specs on those RSs? They fit too nicely. <laughs> Man, I got lucky with those. And uh, it's it's a wheel I've wanted since high school. And I recently picked up probably four years ago. Um, I didn't even have a car to put them on. I just I bought them because it was a wheel I always wanted. Mm. And uh, they're 4x100. They're RS01s. And... Uh, the lips did get changed by the previous owner, and I forget the the specs off the top of my head. I feel like they're um, they're like seven and a half and sevens, but <clears throat> the lips are done right and the backspacing to where I love the way that they look. Mm. So amazing, amazing. Uh, next question sent in from Trevor Adamsberg Lifey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had a couple of good conversations with him. Oh, have you? He's such a nice dude, man. He is. He really is. Great. Um, when are you gonna install your bumper tuck kit, man? <laughs> with a crying, laughing face. What does this mean? Um, so you know how on the pickups the bumper sticks out significantly, right. like very, very far. Um, mm. I he was he posted something about it and i was like did you know that there's a company that makes these little brackets um it's the tdc shop the guy that does all the wiring yeah turbo um, dave yeah so he makes some little brackets that you could bolt onto your bumpers and it sucks your front bumper in and nice. uh he was talking about that and i was like i sent him the link i was like hey have you seen these and he was like no and uh <laughs> He ordered them and got his before I did, and he installed them, and I literally just put them on yesterday. And he messaged me, and he's like, about time. And I was like, dude, I totally forgot, and then having time to do it, I was like, man. Dude. So, yes, they're they currently on. <laughs> oh, amazing. He he showed me that the he showed me as well, and I was like, dude, like, how come your bumper is so fucking – because I, I looked at mine, and it's, there's a fucking great big gap there, isn't there? Like I tried yes. to push it in and uh, that wasn't working. And it's like, but there are, I didn't realize it was Turbo Dave that supplies that. I didn't know that. So if you're looking to tuck your bumper in, T, is it TDC shop? Is yep. that his Instagram? Yep. There you go. That's who you need to get in touch with guys. Tuck your yeah, bumper. 
normally you can cut them and weld them or uh if you have the shocks you could drill them like there's there's other steps you could take but if you don't mm -hmm. have the accessibility to that this was a uh, a very cheap and easy option to do and uh i'm very satisfied with how the how it looks now excellent man excellent uh we got a question from ali richmond uh, a friend of mine here in the uk is pineapple allowed on pizza oh go on you answer no. first. yeah that's that depends on who you talk to me no pineapple hey. should not be near on or around pizza <laughs> absolutely man absolutely I feel like I've just had a conversation with someone. I swear I had a talk with someone before. Uh, maybe it was uh, Mark one. It was Mike. Oh, yeah. It was Mike. You asked, because, you know, pizza's a huge thing in New York, and you asked him, and uh, he, he wasn't too thrilled on that either, <laughs> if I recall correctly. Yeah. Normally, it, like, you know, you have pineapple pizza with ham. Uh, I, I yeah. don't know if you call it ham over there as well, but, like, the thin slices of of pork, the ham, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a vegetarian anyway, so I wouldn't be having pineapple and ham pizza as, it just doesn't make sense. No, you know it, doesn't. Mean? it doesn't. I mean, sense. I've tried it. I've tried it. You know, I'll try anything just to see what it's like. And uh, that is a, no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> i tell you what, right? i tell you, because you might know, because it sounds like you're a bit of a foodie. Um, years and years ago, again, like I mentioned way earlier about me being into the bodybuilding and all that stuff. Um, I used to go to this Brazilian restaurant, this, this restaurant that was called Casa Brazil. And it was one of the restaurants where they just, they, the waiters and waitresses come round with like, like a sword, <laughs> a sword of meat. <laughs> like, and on the sword, they would, they would just stack meat, right? And you have these cards on your table. It was red and green. And if you kept the green card on your table, then that means that the, they would come over and they would just put meat on your plate. And if you turn the card over to show red, they would just keep walking past. It basically means I'm done. Like, don't give me any more food, basically. Um, and at these Brazilian restaurants, they come round at the end when you've had all your food and they serve you a uh, pineapple and they serve it with um what is that star cinnamon and apparently it's like a really good detox or it helps the the digestive system after a meal i don't know if you've heard of this huh. no I, I haven't heard of that part of it i've never heard of pineapple and cinnamon to help the digesting but that's interesting it may be bollocks it may be bullshit <laughs> Like, but, but I would encourage you to give it a try, man. Like, you, you, it sounds huh. like you eat a lot of meat. You're well into your food. I encourage you to fry up. I think it's fried or it's heated up anyway. Uh, and just mix some uh, cinnamon with some cut up pineapple. Have it after you've had a meal and let me know your thoughts. <laughs> huh. Maybe I'll write that one down and we'll have to try that. Because, I mean, I like pineapple by itself. Um, mm. definitely, definitely not on pizza, but I'd be entertained to, uh, see if that, if there's some truth to that statement though. Yeah. Like I said, it's probably bullshit, but, um, <laughs> give it a try. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'll be your test dummy. <laughs> We've, uh, our next question is sent in from Mr. Big Boss dot caddies. Um, and he says, will you make a video on the headliner? Oh, I think this is a question for me. I do apologize. It says, 
will you make a video on the headliner slash roof liner? I can use tips and tricks to do it. Um, we can talk about this because I've noticed that the UK pickup trucks and the US rabbit pickups, they have different headliners. Did you know about this? No, I did not. So like the UK headliner, there's like, it's like bowed. There's like three um, pieces of metal that are like these little, it almost looks like tent poles and they go across the headliner and they like hook into place. Okay. It kind of reminds me of like a, a Mark One Golf or something else, where the the root the headliner is like really stretched, uh, whereas the the um, US Rabbit pickups, especially mine anyway, I don't know if this is aftermarket or how it came like it, but it just has like a piece of cardboard, basically. That's what it is, just a cardboard, and it's just stuck into the ceiling. I don't know what yours is like, and, and you've got multiple trucks, so I don't know if you've got the same headliner as my rabbit truck. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's basically... Oh, almost fell over. Um, it's basically, like a, like you said, it's a cardboard cutout with some sort of vinyl or material, and it's just kind of stuck up there. Mm. Um, so yeah. I could see how that would be. But I'd be more curious to see the UK one now, that you're saying that they're that different. Well, if you, if anybody listening is interested, I did uh, do a YouTube video about me taking up when I had the UK caddy. I took out some of the interior to put in the sound deadening uh, in the roof on the on the roof on the ceiling, whatever you want to call it. So there is videos, there is footage of me taking it out, and you can see clearly there's like these poles in the headliner. Um, and yeah, I just I, I don't know if many people knew that already about the two this this is just one difference between the US and the UK trucks is the headliner. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, now I'm looking at both of mine just so I could <laughs> <laughs> like, I need a visual on this please. Yeah. Um yeah I'll have to go check that out then. That that'll be interesting to see. Yeah or you could just Google UK Volkswagen Mark One Caddy headliner. And then you know yeah. or you could look it up on like a parts store like Heritage Parts Center. They've got photos, I'm sure. Um, next question sent in. Oh, we got another question from Ali. About, he's the guy who said about the pizza question. He says, if you could only have one, which would it be? The pickup or the Jetta? Oh. Because you've got two pickups, uh, right? Yeah, I do. Um, Man, that's a tough one. I, I like, for some reason, driving the trucks is, uh, it's a different feel than the Jetta's. And I like that better, but I love my Jetta. Um, I've been offered absurd amount of money for it and said no, because it holds that nostalgic value to me. Mm. Um, if it were now say life and death, if I had to pick one car, it would probably just be a, the one of the trucks. Um, but I'd like to not have that option and to keep both. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's an interesting thought. Because um, many people didn't know this, but I ha I currently have a gem top waiting for me uh, with my good friend Derek. Many people know Derek in, I believe, Washington State. He's the guy who helped James Cooper Ryder when you know the whole 
TikTok video, the thing that, you know, TikTok sent James across to pick up the Sunbright yellow truck from Washington State. And Derek was the guy that, you know, helped him out. And anyway, that same Derek has got a gem top for me. Uh, just We just need to work out how to get it over to me in the UK. But this is my thought process. And I'd love to know your, your opinion as well. But surely, because you have two dogs, I have one dog. I was thinking that if you have a gem top on the back or any cap really you could throw your maybe not throw your dog place your dog <laughs> in the back open the sliding windows and have a pleasant you know drive and be able to go places without leaving the dogs at home i don't know have you ever done that have you thought about this is it a deal breaker uh, for you i i've thought about it i'm i'm not the biggest uh i'm a big big dog lover um, and I frown upon people putting dogs in the bed of pickups. Now that's oh, really? without now, but that's without a cap or without them being secured. Because a lot of people will just throw the dog in the bed, no cap, no leash, no nothing, and they'll go drive down the highway thinking life is fine. To mm. me, that that would be frowned upon. Now, if they're if they have like something they could stand on, if they're tethered and safe, and it's a short trip, I might entertain the idea. Um, yeah, because we we talked about it in Helen because we had the the truck down there, me and my girlfriend, and we bring the dogs everywhere we go. Um, so I talked about it. I was like, if we ever want to bring them out, um, we could open the slider, put the leashes through, have them secure, rolling twenty miles an hour through town, and just have them in the bed. Um, I don't know how long of a ride I would do that, especially in a lowered pickup. That's you know doesn't. It rides well, but not well enough to put a living animal in the back for me, I think, is the best way to put that. Yeah, don't <laughs> get me wrong, man. Like, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I should have said, I wouldn't have my dog loose, uh, so to speak, in the back. Like, even with the, the car that we have now, with, there's like a, a leash that attaches to the seat. So even nice. with the dog sat in the back seat, it is still secured and tethered, like you said, to the seats it's not like a seat belt but it's you know she's not going to go still, still flying seat. around yeah um but i mean if you, if you had a fully closed top and they and they had you know a place to stand and lay down and you know be be in a safe environment i don't see what the issue would really be you know what i mean yeah so yeah because like i said I, i've talked about it and especially for a short ride or you know if the weather's good it, it doesn't seem too too terrible Mm, for sure yeah that uh, was just all it is right because i've spoken about it before and the isle of Wight, where i live is not massive right you can go anywhere within like half an hour so like for me to have a gem top kind of opens up this whole idea that we can put the dog in the back crank the window open so that you know she can poke a little head through and we can just drive <laughs> to the beach and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and and you know we don't have to leave her at home for a, an hour or two and it's we can have a nice little family day out. <laughs> I yeah, I think, thought, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, because obviously, uh, you know, without having a, a gem top or any cap on the back, it is so difficult having one dog in the front of the ca in the cab with two people <laughs> in there as well. I mean, you've got two bulldogs, right? And that must yeah. be... That must be difficult to, to leave them at home whilst you both go out. I don't know if you ever do that. It's... Uh, it's something that a lot of people don't really think about that don't own pets and, and dogs no. or so. 
Yeah, no, we we try to take them everywhere we go. I mean, granted, obviously, sometimes they do get left behind. But if we go on road trips or something, you best believe they get packed up as well. Yeah. So we try, we try to make sure that everywhere we go is pet friendly. And they've uh, – my oldest one has been everywhere with me. Him and I, were, uh, we drove the sport truck up to Maryland. So we took about uh, eight hours to get up there. So we took a 16-hour round trip, him and I, just in the, the rabbit pickup. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> well, going back to the questions, we've got uh, uh, another question here from sent. This is sending from Mark Duguay. We mentioned him earlier. <laughs> He's the guy, the Canadian who bought the the sport truck from you, and he's just a dude. And he says, "Tell people how rad of a place is drink, drank, drunk." <laughs> oh man, that's a throwback. Go so, on. Uh... <clears throat> When one of my friends that I met down here, he would go out drinking every Thursday, um, you know, just a tiny little bar. You could, you know, it was it was every bit of, I don't know, 40 feet long, 10 feet wide. It was a hole in the wall. And uh, we would go there every Thursday, hang out, have a couple beers, close the place down, go home. This was our routine for, damn, every bit of two and a half years, probably. Mm. And uh, when Mark came into town... Uh, you know, I was like, well, you know, you're here, we're going here, you know, come on. And, uh, he loved the place just cause you know, it's a, it's a good divey little place with cheap beer and, uh, good atmosphere. You know, you don't have crazy music. You don't have a bunch of drunk assholes walking around trying to fight. It was literally just an awesome little hangout where you could have a couple of good beers and just relax. Mm, yeah. So that's fun. That's funny that he would bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> He just goes on to say, my dude, thanks for the good times and the sport truck. And he says, taters or fries? Question mark. <laughs> Was, what is, uh, is, uh, is there like a Canadian, um, like, is that a Canadian thing to call um, fries, taters, taters? <laughs> so depending on what he's talking about, there's actually two different, you can get french fries or tater tots is kind of what I'm assuming he's going after oh, here. Oh, right. It just says taters <clears throat> or fries. Huh. I don't know. I, I, if, it's hard to know what he's referencing, but if it were tater tots or french fries, I would definitely go french fries. French fries. Fair. Have you ever had sweet potato fries? Oh, Yes, and they're really good. Oh, I dude. think. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have something over here called Ali aioli i think it's called aioli which is like this garlic buttery goodness it's just so good <laughs> i'm getting so hungry we reference food quite a bit um, yeah sorry on, about on that <laughs> <laughs> it's all good man it's all good well those are some of the questions that we had sent in we had a few that were pretty much the same questions so we won't uh bother to answer those but thank you to everybody who has sent in um, some questions. I really appreciate it. If you want to send in any questions for my guests, make sure you pay attention to the Monster Rabbit Instagram stories. That's where you can submit your questions right there. Now, before we end the show, I did have another question for you. And that is another question that I throw out to everybody that comes on the show. And that is, what advice would you give someone who is, you know, brand new to the scene community, brand new to Volkswagen Mark 1s. What's your advice to someone like that? Uh, it's, 
you can go a couple different ways with that. I mean, the, the best advice would be to don't get discouraged so quickly. Um, they're old cars. There's a lot of stuff that goes wrong. They have their issues. They have their flaws, especially with being as old as they are. Don't get so discouraged so quickly because um, it's, it's easy to take on a new project or, you know, finally get like you, your unicorn of a car that somehow you ended up with. Um, mm. And then stuff starts going wrong and you're just like, nope, I'm done with this. Um, and, you know, I've come to that point a couple times, but don't get discouraged about the little things. And if you have the time and space to keep it, put it aside for a little bit and go back to it. And then just, you know, search, ask and talk to other people and just try to get your answers and, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, mate. I think it, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think someone else has said the same thing as well. Just don't get discouraged. And like, exactly like you say, just try and reach out to the right people and try and get in contact with people that have been through this shit before, like time and time again, and that can point you in the right direction. Um, you know, there's many people that uh, I've tried to get hold of. And uh, most of the time, it's like, have you got a Bentley manual? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, turn to this page and read that. And I'm like, brilliant. Thank you so much. Saves me time, like reading the wrong thing for hours and hours where, you know, a quick fix, a simple quick fix was just like a few pages away. Does that make sense? Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need. And I, we referred to that earlier too, of just, you know, maybe not giving the full answer, but somebody to point you in the right direction so that you get the answer. And then you're like, the light bulb goes off and you're like, aha, that's what that is. Yes, um, man. Yes. So, and unfortunately you're going to run into a couple of people who are like, nope, nope, nope. And, you know, again, to the discouragement, don't get put off by just, you know, the two people you first tried to contact. Maybe the next two will go above and beyond and, you know, give you the answer or feed you the right information to get mm. the right stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, okay. My final question to you, Noah, is what are your future plans? Like what, what's, what's happening with you in maybe like the near future or you know in the long run what because obviously we've got this mojave beige truck that you're uh have you uh, is it in your possession now yep i have the title i have the truck i have the key it's sitting next to the other mark ones now and what um, is what's the plans with everything are you are you upgrading are you downgrading are you swapping stuff in and out what's the plans um, that's a good question. In a nutshell, the, uh, the truck I've been driving, <clears throat> the, uh, the one with the gem top, that's probably just going to stay the same. It's, uh, going to get to some suspension work and try to go lower. Um, the Mojave beige, that's kind of just on the back burner. That was one of those things to get my iconic first truck back. And, uh, you know, I'm going to work a couple things out with that. And that's just going to be like a daily Sunday cruiser. Um, I don't know if I want to keep the diesel in it or if I want to swap something else in it. Mm. Um, the red car kind of just fix, repeat, and keep plugging along with it, dragging it around. So ideally, um, it would be to finally buy a house and get a garage and put all these things under a roof and then get my last Mark One that I want, which is a two-door GTI. Um, I think that's probably my biggest plan. But oh, wow, other cool. than that, Keep them running, keep playing with them, and see what comes next. 
Amazing, man. And we've spoken about GTIs on, on the podcast before. They fetch for quite a lot of money, right? Yes, yes. That's why I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> how, much are we, how much are we talking, like, in America? How much is uh, the GTIs going for there? I mean, it all depends on, you know, the the condition of the vehicle and what's done to it, what's not done to it. But I've seen pure stock OEM ones going for, you know, upwards of $20,000 for an 84 GTI. And I'm like, there is no way. <laughs> mm. And I what's tried to like... buy one. Yeah, go on. Sorry. I tried to buy one and the gentleman told me $30,000. I was like, I've, I've watched this sit in your yard for, uh, for four years wow and he was like yeah it's it's worth thirty thousand i was like to i don't know whom but okay jeez the thing is right if you had a vehicle if you bought a vehicle like that which is you know thousands and thousands of dollars would you drive it the same way as you would with your like everyday or you know old faithful or, you know, any of your other Mark 1s, would you drive it the same or would you be more protective over it? No, I'd be terrified. Um, and I, <laughs> I joke about that all the time. I'm like, that's why I own shitty Mark 1s is because I can get out and I can kick the door shut and not really care. I can mm. have somebody ding it or somebody walk by in their purse drag and I'm like, well, you know, whatever. Um, to where if I had a pristine mark one i would be terrified to take it out because nobody else pays attention nobody else has the, the time and care for their vehicle like i'm going to have or the mm. respect for it um so i would be terrified and yeah. that's like my my friend's truck that i posted that red one with the red interior um it's a gorgeous truck and i would love to purchase that truck but i would be terrified to drive it yeah um just because of the condition yeah so i don't i don't know if i could ever have that or want that because then it takes it takes out the fun of having the vehicle so. yeah yeah you've got to find a balance that's the that's the thing that i'm always it's always in my head like finding the balance between like you say it's it's a it's a beater you can kick the door shut but also you kind of want to put some time and effort into something and it's special and you kind of want to treat it nicely and keep it running nicely but at the same time if it do you know what i mean it's about finding that balance um and it, it, we've talked about it before on the show where it's like if something is too too nice i for one like you would be like i'm not driving that fuck driving that like, i don't want to <laughs> scratch that i don't want to go over a speed bump and do you know what i mean it's yeah, it's like I appreciate those builds and the quality and the the time that goes into them. It's awesome, but me personally, I would just be terrified. You yeah. know, I like I like my ratty cars and nice interiors, and uh, where I don't really have to worry about too too much. You know what I mean? Mm. It takes it takes the stress out of driving it or taking it somewhere, um, and it makes it more enjoyable. So, yeah, you know the the only thing I really have to worry about is the red car, it dragging it wherever it goes. I can only go uh, certain places. Really? But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Wow. And what? What for? How low is too low for you? Have you got like a limit? Um, kind of. <laughs> are you uh, all about I, being I, low, or are you more about being functional? 
Uh, no, I'm the dysfunctional one. <laughs> dysfunctional. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I like them. I, like I said, I've always tried to put my cars really low and static, you know, static drive them as far as I can. Um, but it's come to the point of where it's just gotten annoying. You know, to me, it's it's still funny and comical. But uh, I, I've been enjoying driving the vehicles further distances and taking them rather than because I'm very limited with my red car because like a bridge gap or a speed bump or if something falls out of a vehicle, I, I can't really navigate around as easily. And, uh, you know, there, there are some people that do do that and I've, I've done it for years and I'm, I'm not over it. I'm just taking a different path, I guess. <laughs> That's fair to say, mate. That is very fair to say. Well, Dude, this has been a pleasure. This has been a very enjoyable show, episode, whatever you want to call it. I've really enjoyed myself. And I want to say thank you for coming on and taking the time out away from your dogs <laughs> and your life to come on the show and tell a bit of your story. I, I've gained a, a little bit more. I know a little bit more about you. And uh, I think everybody listening has as well. And so thank you for coming on the show. Well, I appreciate the invite. And like I said, and uh, I'm not just trying to toot your horn. I love what you're doing and uh, how you're involving people and the, your approach at all of this. Um, I think it's awesome. And like I said, you lit the spark back in me and you've probably lit the spark uh, in a couple other people as well. So I, I want to commend you for what you're doing as well. I appreciate the kind words, man. I really do. I don't know if I've sent you any monster rabbit stickers already or anything like that, but uh, I'll have to um, I have to get your address off you and send them out to you. I, I can't remember. I've I've been sending stickers left, right, and center to everybody who's bought T-shirts off the, off the <laughs> website. But uh, uh, I want to send stickers out to you and anybody else who comes on the show as well. So we'll sort that, that out. That would be awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I just want you to come out with your collection so I can buy them all at once. I didn't know you were <laughs> going to do multiple shirts. I, I kept waiting to buy one of your shirts, and you're like, oh, I'm coming out with another one. I was like, well, what's that one going to be? And then you're like, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, shit, do I wait for all of them, or do I buy them as they come out? <laughs> uh, well, it's, yeah, I, I'm going to try and aim to do – one t-shirt a month or every other month to, because it costs like a hundred and fifty dollars to pay the artist to draw the design right yeah and i only make two pounds two uk pounds per t-shirt sold right so if the t-shirts don't sell it like it slows then down you can't progress yeah, yeah yeah so it's like all right i got you that's how it is so <laughs> So you're basically just saying, buy the shirt now. <laughs> well, I don't want to sound pushy, but that's like how it is at the moment. It's like if people don't buy the shirts, then it's going to be ages until the next one comes out. So yeah, I guess, I yeah, the way to do it is just to, to get them as they, as they come out, I suppose. But yeah, it's interesting. It's really cool because, you know, if, and people that have listened to this now don't know what I'm talking about. Check out the, the YouTube video that I just did where I reveal the next T-shirt and uh, I talk about, you know, the fact that I'm doing multiple shirts with different people featuring on the back. So people from the Volkswagen community, um, I'm not going to tell you who they are, but they're, they're, let me think. So the first one was me. The second one was Winfred. The next one has been picked and agreed. The next one after that has been, one. hang on, one 
two, three, four, five. The next five people, the next five T-shirts have been picked and agreed and uh, just have to get the money, the funds together to pay the artists to draw them. So that's how far in advance I am with it. It's just, yeah, that's uh, awesome that you have three more lined up, though. Five. So. Five more people lined up. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I can't wait. I'm just, I just love it, man. I love that rat think style. You know, I, I love it. It's great. Yeah, oh. I think your designs are awesome. And like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see the next, the next couple that come out. So now that yeah. I know that the, the, the funds are helping you continue this, I will have to purchase some shirts. I appreciate that, man, and, and I appreciate anybody who has, you know, dove deep and and chose to support what I'm doing. It really does help. Even if it's like I only get like a really small amount of profit, it still goes towards me and my girlfriend to go over to Madness next year. Like we've got a we've got a particular um, you know goal in mind, which we're nowhere near, but uh, <laughs> it definitely will help fund like a plane ticket or something to help us get there because i want to make madness my first show we we talked about it earlier i, I want to try and make it my very first show that i go to and i just want to meet everyone i want to meet everyone that i've spoke to on the podcast on instagram i just want to come over and chat and just see people in person you know i think that'd be great yeah. i think that would be awesome if you could pull that off that would yeah. be and, and especially for everything you've been doing the build-up of the community with these podcasts and with you know, how much information you put out. Um, I think that would be awesome for you to come on this side and actually be able to do a, uh, a physical appearance as well. Oh, mate, I'd love that. I, I appreciate the kind words, like I said. And that's what the podcast's all about. It's about getting the stories out, getting the history out, and just allowing people to tell their story. And, and it feel you know, I get messages all the time where people say how, you know, they're learning about, more and more people within the community which is just right on you know what this whole the whole point was to bring people together it's always been about the people you know yeah and i think you've done that as well you have you've connected with people but then through this and the information that is revealed through these um there's other people that are probably listening that are connecting with the other people on the show who might know something or might know a piece of history or something that they were looking for and they now know that they could reach out to said person for mm. some sort of information. So you're connecting people on a, a bunch of different levels. And I think it's, it's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Let's me know that I'm on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's been a pleasure. I won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much. Uh, it means a lot to me that you took the time out to come on and, uh, and, you know, had a chance to tell your story. And uh, if you have any more stories to tell, you're welcome again to come on the show and feel free to have the microphone tilted back towards yourself. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, like I said, I can't thank you for, uh, you know, having me on. So even though my stories aren't as uh, entertaining as most, it's still something to, uh, something to laugh about. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Some people... <laughs> Some people have said, like, oh, you know, you don't want me on the show. I, I don't really have any stories. But it's like, well, at the same time, you are still someone within the community. And I think everybody does have a story to tell. I think everybody does have something to bring to the table. So, 
yeah, for those listening who don't feel like they are ready to come on the show, you are, and you are welcome to come on and and tell your your give your two cents, so to speak. <laughs> well, anyway, dude, enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll be in touch. All right, you do the same, man. Take care, bud. <laughs> See ya. Well, there you go, guys. Another episode in the bank. That was Noah from North... Well, he's from Pennsylvania, like he said, but he's in North Carolina now. What a great dude. What an awesome, lovely, kind-hearted dude. And uh, I, like I said, you definitely want to go into the show notes and check out his Instagram. Give him a follow. Send him some love. I think that's what this community needs a little bit, a, a touch more of is just a little bit more human and a little less likes and, f- you know, follow me and post my truck and all this stuff that we, we talked about earlier. So it's all about being a human, asking questions, you know, being involved, not just following someone arbitrarily and liking posts, but just, you know, start a conversation. Let's be humans and let's keep growing this community. Uh, Noah is such an awesome dude and you definitely want to go and check out the truck, the, the trucks that he's got and his Jetta is, is all, you know, lovely Volkswagen Mark 1 stuff. And I, I, I want to thank him yet again for coming on the show. And I want to thank you guys at home for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. And uh, like I said, man, I've, I've, uh, I really appreciate everybody who's been buying any T-shirts and hoodies from the website. Like I said on the break, if you do feel like you want to support, I'm not forcing you, but if you do want to support the show, what I'm doing here, please do go to themonsterrabbit.com. Get yourself a shirt. We post worldwide and you can, you can pick it up fairly cheaply as well. The postage is only seven uk pounds to the us and four pounds to the uk and i appreciate everybody who's made uh, any a purchase to support the show all the profits go towards me and my partner going over to the us and going to mark one madness and uh, like i said there's so many youtube videos and podcast episodes talk of of me talking about the whole process of why the t-shirts the way i'm doing them the, you know, the whole fact that they're sustainable and recyclable and all that good stuff. And uh, I really appreciate everybody who's, you know, supported the show. And anybody who does, I would love it if you could reach out to me. If you've bought a t-shirt or a hoodie, please do let me know on Instagram and I will send you some free stickers uh, in the in the post to go along with your t-shirt slash hoodie. So uh, please do get in touch. I'll get your address and I'll send those stickers out to you. Guys, it's been emotional, yet educational. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you in another episode next Thursday. Take care. (laughs) 